How you doing, guys? You know what time it is. You know yourselves. Get yourselves up to the off license, because it's Saturday! 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 Hey! Get Frank Riley! All day, baby! You know what I mean? If my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. <laughs> Welcome to the Tales of East End episode 176 and it's me, Gary P. Carson, the Prof, Carol Riley. I'm alive! The Prof is alive and well. The Lair, the Lair was his, was his actual Lair for the last couple of weeks. And uh, he's doing better. Prof, tell us about it. Tell us a little bit about your last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, rumours of my demise have been uh, great exaggerated, Gary, but... Uh... Extreme gonorrhea. This is the rumour going around. There was much speculation, was there? I know it's Leighton Doyle blame my cat. It wouldn't surprise me. I think it's vicious. Yeah, well, some people know what happened, but uh, we didn't say it publicly. I just, we just said I wasn't well, but unfortunately it was COVID. And uh, I got my result only like a matter of hours before we were supposed to record last week. So obviously it's a bit of a shock when it comes, isn't it? So. I know we had to we had to let that one slide because poor old Prof didn't know what to be thinking. He was all over the place, what to do. Like it's a it's a strange thing to happen. Like you, immediately, you, the first thing you don't think is, okay, what do I do? It's who do I have to isolate from? What do I do now? Who was I in contact with? Like there's a lot you don't think of that you have to think of and you have to take into consideration. So yeah, no, it just was it was a non runner. Yeah, in terms of how I was feeling, I was actually not too bad. I had a bit of a cough, which wasn't ideal for recording either. But like you say, there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to arrange. And like, and we had an interview that fell through in the last minute as well. So that just rubbed salt into the wounds. But uh, but this this is my last day of isolation, Gary. I'm counting down the, the, the minutes to midnight now until my freedom. Streaking down Captain's Road. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm after... I'm after baiting Netflix out of it. Absolutely baiting it. Like the first night yeah. I, fi- I finished Squid Games. That was just, that was gone. I had to think yeah. of more stuff then. It's allowed though, isn't it? That's, that's what it's for. That's what I said to you. I dropped down a little care package to the prof. And I said, prof, enjoy yourself. I was about to say, Gary dropped this on my doorstep. This was something else, this goodie bag. This, this got me gone. It did. It kept. It, it, you know, it boosted your morale though. That's what it's all about. Because you're going to be at home and you're thinking, you're a little bit down. Nothing better than fucking junk food and good TV. So, 
Yeah, I got some really nice messages to be fair. Like without even saying what it was, people left a lot of messages on social media just saying, you know, get better soon and all, which was nice. But my favorite one was Jim was Jim Conroy because he was like, you know, it takes a lot for you to miss a podcast, Carol. So I'm very worried. <laughs> <laughs> and then I told him what it was and then he started going on about his, he left me a nice voice message saying he, he hoped I get better and all. And then he goes off on this tangent about how his, his brother and Tommy in England got it. And now how Tommy started the phrase KOH in the 90s. Ooh. And, then, and, and then when that tangent ended, he just came back and said, I, I missed me old podcast today, I did. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of yeah. people saying as well, Carl Toner, that it wasn't the same last week as well. We'll be back, though. We'll be back. And we will be continuing on to uh, grace your ears with yeah, so, our dulcet tones. Like I said, Gar, lovely messages from everybody, the likes of Jim and a lot of listeners saying nice things. So everyone was very nice, as in everyone except <laughs> it's Friday. I'm in live, Gar. Oh, yeah. I have oh, to address yeah. this now, Gar. Here I was on Thursday morning. Bedridden, Get him, bro. Bedridden with a horrible disease, right? And what did they send me, Gar? A virus struck you down. They send me snark. Snark <laughs> and cheap pops, Gar. Hang these our heads in shame. Is this the same podcast that just misses shows whenever they want? Yeah, well, that's what they were saying to us. Like, that was their little pop back at us. I'm sorry for missing the show for COVID, lads. Jesus. <laughs> we're back. That's it now, prop. That's it. You're starting the fights now. So that's it, in. yeah. Next year's trip to Derry that Liam is so obsessed with. If he's on our bus, Gar, he can set up the front somewhere. He's not hanging out with the cool kids at the back. That's not happening oh. on Tifties for him. As for Dale, you can pick fucking Bluebell for all I care. Go support them. <laughs> I'm not investing in this journey anymore, Gar. I'm just going to pick a shy club anyway. It'll be anticlimactic. So I'm out. I'm done. Good luck to you. <laughs> dropped. The mic has been dropped. Bluebell. <laughs> right, so our sponsors, of course, that's 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 pretty much the this, this small chat, isn't it? The sponsors, of course, Ocean Electrical, fantastic. As usual, sponsors for life, looking after us. Check them out if you need any electrical work done. We've had a couple of customers involved recently, and they've been very, very happy. Um, Leicester Credit as well of course Leicester Credit when you miss a podcast they got you back so that is Leicester Credit speaking of, of uh, sponsor Garrett don't don't forget Nike's Newman's Kitchens Floors Decks and Doors hey we knew we did the jingle Rovers Affiliates as well I'm nearly sure they put a team into the five side before and they couldn't they couldn't fill it out in the end but yeah now there's some Rovers lads working for them that's been yes, the, the easiest slogan ever to remember. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's it's rem- it's memorable, isn't it? The um, get you your uh, your decks. Get you your doors. Your doors. You you had a rough week as well, though, Garden. You had uh, bruised ribs. <laughs> I was I was in a life. I was in a life a real life GTA moment. So I was going. I was cycling. As I do all the time. My role positioning is spot on. I'm not one of them jackass cyclists. I know what to do, when to do it. So I'm cycling. And I'm on the left. And you know if you're a cyclist, you can't go any you can't go extremely left because you'll be clipping off the curb or the path. And then you'll be clipping your pedal off it. And then you're gonna fall. So 
this fella is beside me. I'm talking, my knee is on his window. So I'm like, here, can you move? I'm like, I'm like, here, move. Like, I'm waving at him. I'm like, move. So I gave him the old, the old, what was it? The cyclist handbook tap. I gave him a little knee. I was like, move your fucking car. You're way too close to me. And he did it back. So he decided, I kind of knocked on his car with my knee to say, move away from me. You're far too close. And he knocked on my body full of flesh and bones with his big metal steel car that weighs over a ton. And he knocked me off the road and he sped off. I went flying, cut my legs, bruised my ribs, <laughs> bruised my ribs. job, shy. I'm, I'm laughing now, but it, bruised ribs are no joke. And it's not a good idea to go to a game when you've got bruised ribs either. Especially if you score in a derby and you've got Aussie Nate picking me up like a picking me up like a small child and I'm just I've given up at this stage because the, in the bear too, hug. I'm limp in a bear hug and I'm just like he knows. He knows though. It's the second time like he fucker knows I'm in pain and you get you getting a he's getting a kick out of it. And then at least ten other people are walking by and they give you a slap on the chest, Gart, see you Saturday. I'm there oh, please, please. I'd have, paid, I'd have paid to see that, I really would. The sneeze, sneezing and coughing and laughing, those three things are the most painful. So I feel a sneeze coming on. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm doing everything possible to not sneeze. It's it's no joke. I, I don't it's know. So- I don't know what medication you were on, Gary, but some of those voice notes you were leaving us last week were quite strange. <laughs> I, was a fair, I was a bit loopy, to be fair. There was a few funny ones, but it was. It was on these mad painkillers. I think it was Tramadol, and they just send you. If you don't take them, they fucking send you off the head. So, yeah, that's a small talk, Prof. We've both had crazy weeks. Um, so a lot to catch up on. Three games to talk about: a defeat, a win, and a draw against Dundalk, Saigon, and Bowes. And we don't even have time for an interview. Um, plenty. Prof has plenty planned, though. We've a couple of things planned. Big one tomorrow for Prof for the documentary. We won't say who. But we have a couple of things planned coming up, and yeah, we like um, we have we have three interviews in the bag right now. I'm just we're just out of space in the mail when to air them. Like next week, it'll probably be Tifty's hotline because that's overdue. So plenty, plenty in the pipeline. There'll be plenty to talk about after Saturday, I'd imagine as well. Well, last week's show or two weeks ago now with Eamon Sharkey and Alan O'Neill, Prof Childhood friend Eamon Sharkey, member, and also it's crazy how that works out, isn't it? I remember you talking about when you were younger. How good a footballer he was, and Alan O'Neill, of course, the probably nicest man in football. Is there that's, anyone nicer than Alan O'Neill? That's literally what I was about to say. One of the nicest guys in football, hundred percent. I don't uh, think there's any way of offending that man. No, I'd be surprised. He's just, you just, you li- like you were saying, you you just just listening to him. It's like he just sounds like the nicest man ever. Yeah, he's the nicest man in football. He really is, and. Normally, I wouldn't have any time for someone who would have affiliations for both clubs. But you're just like, I oh, know, it makes sense for him. He's a nice guy. He's had good experiences with Dundalk and Rovers, and he's just nice. <laughs> yeah, again, Jim Conroy left another message about, about that show with the interview with Alan. He thought that interview was excellent. And <coughs> he left me a lovely little story about how Alan and Big Deck were actually quite close. And when we do our uh, in memoriam for Big Deck, Al has already been on to me and says, "Can I contribute to that?" Which is which would be really cool. Oh yes. And um, what happened was, Alan always told Deck that once he retires, he would give him his gloves. And sure enough, in Deck's job, 
the day Alan retired, Deck comes into work. What does he find on his desk? Al's gloves. Ah, oh, man. What a guy. And you know what? That's the first thing that he was thinking of. He retired, and the first thing he thought of was to give Big Deck's gloves. Isn't that something else? That says it all about it, doesn't it? Yeah, it says it all about the fella. As for uh, Eamon, remember we were talking about how we went to McDarris together. Turns out a few of the lads went to McDarris. Uh, Carl, Book, Dino, although they were six years behind me. So... There was a bit of a reunion there in the far probs, Gar. McDarrah's the Mac- United. The McDarrah's mob. Yeah. The 6W crew. Even McDarrah Ferris didn't go to McDarrah's. McDarrah, yeah, no, I think McDarrah was a, was a Liberties man, wasn't he? I could be wrong there. Not sure, actually, but Eamon also had this uh, note for me about the, the interview. He said, you forgot to mention this, um, in terms of history coming around, the last ever game played in Milltown, as in not a competitive game, just the last ever game. It was yeah. a Robbers Legend game to raise funds for goal. So how about that? What? Going back that far? That's a great little fact. Ah oh, man, stats prof with with charity stats. <laughs> he can do it all straight. He's still isolated. He's still got COVID stats. Um. Yeah. So John Bourne. Uh, Telly John uh, no, one, no one ringing the bell at him this time we really enjoyed the interview with, with Big Al one of my heroes both on and off the pitch super keeper and even greater human being John Bourne the ever listenable and watchable John Bourne fantastic stuff as usual yeah some nice feedback to the interviews there meanwhile Conor O'Sullivan has just now heard our interview with the Albanian journalist so he's catching up oh that was the guy that we weren't fond of wasn't it <laughs> That was the guy's like, yes, you're a small club. We are the big. Oh, he's, he's there trying to explain to me that why the conference league is shit. And then I kind of explained to him why it isn't. And he's like, well, no, you're wrong. It's shit. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. Yeah, nice one. Fucking delete. Uh, yeah, so T-shirts, prof, sold out. And the demand, great demand, really is. Really happy with this. But there is, unfortunately, a slight delay on the manufacturer side of things. So we will try and compensate you as much as possible. I've got um, a sticker bundle with it. We have our own Tipsy stickers coming with it as well. We've got a badge with it. So we're going to try and make this the best bundle ever for the value that you paid for. So 25 quid should get you a big sticker pack, a Tifty's badge, a T-shirt. We're trying to get some. We have Ultra stickers to throw in as well. We do apologize for the delay. It's not on our it's not our fault. Unfortunately, the manufacturer is having an issue. But we will do our best to get them out to you and uh, just bear with us, please. Some people are uh, not too happy that they kind of missed out in the last minute there, but user sales were warned that we're gonna sell like hotcakes. Prof, come on, a week and a half at least. Every day, me plugging the fuck out of these t-shirts online. And then when they sell out. What did we say? The usual. Oh, have you any t-shirts left? I didn't get a chance to buy it. It's been fucking 10 days of me slapping it in the face with t-shirt ads. Yeah, there's no excuse. But I'm working on something. I'm working on getting some surplus ones. I'm going to try and bribe the t-shirt company into giving me extras because of the delay. So that could work. I could say, here, listen, I want, I want free t-shirts. So... If we do get any extras, we will let you know. We'll let you know what sizes and all, all of that. So, uh, yeah, T-shirts. That is the update. 
Robert Goggins Prof posted this on Facebook. Sorry to be coming with the begging bowl again. Two rare items are coming to auction next week and it'll be a lost opportunity. If the Heritage Trust didn't make a bid for both, one is a cup present- presented to Shamrock Rovers uh, by Man United- Manchester United player Mark Jones on the occasion of the European Cup tie between the clubs in 1957. Jones was one of the fatalities arising from the Munich disaster. The other item is a pennant and match programme presented to Morris Sellers in 67 when the Hoops played under the name of Boston Rovers in the summer tournament organised by the United Soccer Association. Setters was captain of the Cleveland Stokers, Cleveland Stokers, <laughs> who were Stoke City. The SRFC Heritage Trust has a small amount of funds to bid. Um, uh, we were extra, they were extra from the Steve Linux medal fundraiser and would like to bid for both these items as both would be great additions to the club's heritage collection. Anyone wishing to donate to this appeal, please follow the link to donate. All donations appreciated. At Report Rovers on Twitter has started, oh no, that's, uh, yeah, that's crazy. That's an insane bit of uh, nostalgia there. Yeah, there'd be another couple of gems for the Heritage Trust. So, if you can get hands on those, so yeah, yeah. give, give what you can. Just hanging around, prof. Where do they just be sitting? That's what I want to know. It's just sitting in someone's attic, maybe, and someone comes across it. I think so, because it just seems like every year or two, something incredible just pops up online, and you're like, where has this been? A cup presented in '57 by a player that was killed in a plane crash from the Busby Babes. Like that's fucking. That has to go into our heritage trust. It really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at Report Rovers on Twitter. So that's at Report Rovers on Twitter. Has started a new Rovers forum. The link is weareroversproboards.com. So weareroversproboards.com. And this is something that we spoke about before, Prof. I'm going to join in and see how we get on because I think. I think the art of discussion is lost in football fans nowadays, especially with the Rovers chat, because I'll be honest, I rarely read it. Maloney will post something or someone say, oh, well done, Maloney, that post is great. I'll go on. Or if there's something, I'll scroll through. Other than that, there's no discussion. There's no discussion. No one seems to talk anymore. They talk at each other, not with each other. And don't they don't converse. So no, it's, just, it it's just too knee-jerk, I find, on Facebook, on Rovers chat. I mean, I'm sure. I'm, at... I'm sure if the farm grows, it's still going to be full of dopes as well. But you can't avoid that. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how this one goes. Um, might even throw the podcast link up. See what happens because I mi- you missed the likes of Tahoo. Remember back in the day, posting as well as every week. They were good times. Yeah, yeah. Or, people discussing it and breaking it down. You know, it's it's but like the thing about the Rovers chat as well. People are putting up stuff that is totally, totally random and not associated with Rovers. Yeah, I do like know that, put, actually, yeah. If you're putting up shit like that, ban. You're getting a ban. Bring back our dear leader. <laughs> our dear leader, just yeah. Ha- random bannings come back as well. Just totally fucking start banning people for stupid shit. Remember the time we posted uh, the show where we interviewed a casual? And I think there was about three bloody pages on that forum about that. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good, yeah. That was, that was, that was, it was like, like we said, it was a fly on the wall. And we were just merely talking about something that exists and that's I, t- I think we should revisit that as well it's possible that that we will revisit it so um yeah so we move on prof and we lost one nil to dundalk at ariel park i'm not going to spend a huge amount on time on this one i actually didn't even get to see this one prof i had to cover in work and um unfortunately i know i always seem to be able to get to watch the match at some stage but due to current circumstances and work i had to take a back seat on this one so with Sean Hart coming in for Pico, who was on international duty, we agreed to start with Gaffney on the bench. And um, yeah, so that's the way it was. A couple of buses went up as well, Prof. No tickets for sale. Ended up in pubs in Newry and that. So 
Did those uh, people it, not even get in or, or No, what? ended up in a pub, yeah. They didn't even get near the ground apparently. Oh, okay. There was no point there was no point there as well. So it's good to see fans making an effort. And with young Philly Maguire, Assure Media, uh Empresario, absolutely fantastically gifted young man. He went up as Rovers Media and he got spot on. Isn't that nice, prof? Yeah, he certainly did. He dropped by the four problems afterwards, so I was, I was chatting to him. Yeah, great start to your evening. Just get, just getting spot on. Literally on his own in Dundalk Town, walking down to do Rovers Media, the most placid individual and lovely, lovely fella you could ever imagine. And he gets spat on by some random fella. He goes, get out of there, What are you doing in that he, he was wearing the Rovers jackets, but I'm not, I mean... That doesn't mean you, you can wear what you want, Carl. You can wear doesn't mean it's an excuse to be spat on, obviously. But. Yeah, if you're staff, you can wear what you want. But he actually said town. That's the thing. He's like, this is our town. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's, there's some dark for you. Uh, lovely, yeah. And a great post by the journal on Twitter saying a new poll has Shin Fein with a 10-point lead. John Barry replies, Roberts have a 9-point lead with a game in hand. <laughs> I love that. Love it. That reminds me of your one um, about Tala being on top of the table for the oh, robberies. Yeah. Tala oh, yeah. being top of the table for robberies in, in South Dublin or something. You were like, nothing's won at Christmas. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> Tala tops burglary, burglary league. And I was like, <laughs> nothing won in September. Still early days. <laughs> I think that, that was your most viral tweet. That's my only ever viral tweet, yeah. Um, was proud, Dan. Proud day for the family, that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dundalk fans as well. They had a support the team, not the regime banner, and let off a lot of flares. I'll, I'll be honest, like it's they, their flare campaign, you could say, throughout the game was pretty good. I did enjoy, I did think that was pretty good, but it's grand when they're fucking made on your doorstep, isn't it? All they have to do is go into the neighbour and get a lot of flares and, and shit like that. But um, fireworks central up there, isn't it? But yeah, that no, was impressive. It was impressive. It was actually hard to see anything in the game at all the first 10 minutes. It was just constant smoke. And uh, they threw fake money at our former players because we had four foreign players in the starting 11. And, of course, most notably, Garrett, the pig's head. Ridiculous. Think about it. Here's, here's, my, here's how I sum it up, right? You've given your all to a club for four years, five years. You've won everything. You've done everything you've, you possibly can. They come at you with a paltry one-year contract extension after all you've done for the club and you've got an absolute fucking shit show running the club. Guys who want telephones and dugouts, they want goalkeepers taking corners, they want interference from USA or US-based owners and he seems to think that signing a one-year contract, he got out of a sinking ship and he got a better deal at Rovers and ultimately it's it's been a better move for him. Because he's starting to settle in now. He didn't settle in immediately. I think he's found his home at that right centre back position. But why would he stick around at Dundalk? It makes absolutely no sense. Loyalty aside, I mean, you still wouldn't sign that deal and stay at a club like that the way they are now at the minute. And you can't blame him. So I, I don't I don't think it was like I don't I, I think it was totally unwarranted to be honest. Also, what I found strange about it was he started his career with us in the youth team. So I mean it's hardly the same as Figo or Tony Grant. Is it? I mean, like, they're just a strange bunch up there, really. Yeah, no, they are. It's backwards county, isn't it? And we, actually um, have, uh, we have an audio uh, from Jerry Malone here, a.k.a. Live at Oriel, 
uh, giving his report on the incident. So uh, have a listen to this, Gare. Eggs head thrown onto pitch was aimed for Sean Gannon. Disgusting behaviour. Gannon has been a great player for Dundalk. Indeed, one of the best fullbacks the club has ever had. In Jan, he had no option but to leave because of Pesk 6 offer. I'm disgusted that someone treated Sean like this. So that was um, Louis Ariel on Twitter. He, um, do, do you know what I love, right? When he tweets something, it's like, oh yeah, uh, Pa Holman's out for this game. And I think you were like, yeah, so that's him fully fit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most unreliable reporter ever. Just do whatever he says, do the opposite. Yeah, brilliant. It fucking cracks me up. Yeah, so Filippo was tweeting, prop. I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he's involved in football. I don't know if he's back in uh, the US or what, but I just thought this was interesting because um, it's mad considering he was there, got them to the group stages, uh, won a cup with them. He was there nearly a year. Never saw a crowd in Dundalk. Not not once. No. Oh, that's a great stat. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Your stats are off the wall this week. I don't know if that's a stat, but I mean, like, I only kind of dawned on me when he was tweeting because he was he was bigging up all the flares now. It was like shame I never got to see a crowd. You lucky man. He never got to see a he never got to see a mob of Dundalk people. What a thing yeah. to say. Yeah, thought that was interesting. Yeah, so that's it. The only goal of the game we had Sean Murray on twenty two minutes. This was well worked. I have to say it was a lovely goal, lovely little nutmeg on the edge of the box, and uh, Sean Murray, the form man. I think he's got six and six. He strokes it home, and it was a good goal. Uh, Fourth half chances, Prop, I'll let you take this one away. Well, Dundalk uh, probably started the better team. They, they had a, good, a couple of good chances the first five minutes. And the way it was shaping up, I was I was kind of had a feeling that we would concede first. And uh, so approved. But, I mean, from 10 minutes onwards, we just had... A shitload of chances in this game, and that's aside from the Aaron Green Stonewall penalty, where um, who was it? Andy Boyle just chopped them down. It was just, it was blatant. So as for the chances, you had what did you have? You had uh, Tell had one cleared off the line. There was one where Greener had a header at the back post from a watch free kick. The ball drops to Gary O'Neill. And he was from very close range. He blazes it over the bar. He really, really shouldn't have got so much under that ball. And there was a similar chance for Tell where the ball dropped to him and he blazed it over the bar. And then probably Cherry's best save was near the end of the half. Uh, shot from Watts. He pushed around. Oh, that post. was magic. I saw that. That was magic. That, that was, was destined for the top corner and it was plucked from the sky. So really good. Yeah, so I mean... You got the Peno, you got the Gary O'Neill chance I mentioned there. There was a, there was a volley from Towel as well, where there was a big scramble in the box late in the half, and you're like, how has this not gone in? And then Tell volleyed over, but uh, yeah, I mean you're talking you're talking five or six great chances in that first half. Like I don't know how we didn't score. I know it's nuts, but it was good. Like it's great to go up there and play like that. That's the thing. Like I said, I only saw the highlights. I should be ashamed of myself, but once again, I didn't record the fucking thing. Every time, every time, I have it set to record all the matches, so I have all the matches fucking recorded. I yeah. blame Gogglebox for this stupid virgin. Did you see? Just blocked, uh, just blocked it. Just record. See Carter's Rabona? No, no, he did a Rabona. Yeah, it was. It was on Twitter. It's deadly. Oh, 
man, no, I didn't see it. But like I said, it didn't record. Didn't record for me, so I was only I was restricted to highlights of Barton. Yeah, there was an interview with Cotter and McDara Ferris talked to him in the in Sligo program, and uh, he talked about the Rabona. He said he did it because he didn't trust his left foot, <laughs> and he was quite down about his first half hour performance in Ariel. Uh, probably is involved with the goal, I suppose. He could have done better there. But, yeah, he could have tracked back, I think, wasn't he? But I think Brad's and his teammates lifted him again because uh, I think that's behind him already. He was, he was flying again at the, for the Sligo match. Literally flying, he does. He fucking he flies out of blocks. I, lo- I love his style. But uh, the second half, Rolf, um tell us a little bit about the chances we had and The here. second half performance, it was nowhere near as good as the first. We were... We we kept pushing for the equaliser, but I don't know if I ever felt it was going to come because the the, the farmers dropped a bit. As Brazzer says, they they sat in behind the ball and we didn't find the spaces we were finding in the first half. The closest we came was Gaffney had a volley with five minutes to go. It wasn't too far away, but uh, you pointed out beforehand, didn't you? Like they were in form coming into the game, and. As always, they raise their game against us. If you look at our games, the, the cup games and Europe, they always raise their game and they just do enough in the league to just sort of stay out of trouble. That's a question I want to raise now. Obviously, we've got the Player of the Year awards at the end of the season. Prof, November 27, four pros. Raise Curry, we have a quick plug while we're here. Fantastic social event of the year. It's going to be brilliant. Band, DJ, raise Curry, all sorts of madness. But... The question I want to put to any players that we have there is do they feel the same way we do about Dundalk and all these teams that up their game? We all we notice it. We notice these teams up their game when they play rovers. I want to ask the players, do they feel the same? And does it feel the same as what we are watching? I think that's a very, very valid question. I'd love to hear what some of the players the players have to say. I'm sure they would feel that, but it, it would be cool to actually hear it come from the horse's mouth, you know, but, and confirm what we already know. But uh, yeah. I And think the one thing as well about the Player of the Year Awards, Prof, we will not be recording this one. This is a once-in-a-lifetime, see-it-live and never-see-it-again opportunity. You will never, ever be able to see this or hear this. This is a come-one, come-for-all. If you don't come, you'll never hear it, and hopefully we will have the league trophy there. Yeah, it should be an exciting night. Uh, I think the best summary I heard of, of this and that game was just one of those nights. Basically, because all, all the chances missed I described there and none of them went in. So it was just one of those nights. And it didn't feel like a big deal because we were still... That was the only game on the whole night, wasn't it? That Dundalk Rowers match. So yeah, we yeah. were still nine points ahead, albeit the game in hand was gone. But um, we moved on from it. That's it. We are we are gone, Prof. But the black jersey, of course, your favourite jersey of all time, Prof. Yeah, well, people are asking, is it cursed? To which I'd say, yeah, probably. And can we just burn the thing? <laughs> just burn did, the thing already. What did Barry Fry do when he heard that Peterborough's ground was, was cursed? Didn't he take a, a piss in each corner? <laughs> I believe so, yeah. What we're going to have to do with this, don't, don't tell me, I don't have to piss all over the jerseys, but we're, we're not sure. We have to do something. There was just a quote uh, from Stuart Wilson there. Uh, if, you, if you see that there, he said, "Dundalk celebrate their team. Dundalk celebrate their like a team that have just moved only twenty four points behind the champions." Hashtag special moment. There you go. Like it's it's insane. Like I said, I can't wait to hear what the players have to say about this. The way teams up their game, you know. 
Yeah, it's a bit weird in that, like, uh, we've taken 10 points out of 12 from the team just below us, that being Pats, whereas we've lost twice now to the Knock this season, who were, they were in eighth place before this match. This bumped them up to sixth. So it's just strange that we ended up losing to them twice, but uh, like I say, they, they raise their game against us every time. Yep, definitely. And the four probs, Prof, of course, the hot spot. It's becoming a fucking hoops favorite. And Prof, Green Ribbon is in the tank. Green Ribbon is in the tank. Green Ribbon beer is being brewed as we speak. The ingredients have been procured and decided upon. And it's the ing- the ingredients, you say, Gary, needs more oh, dog. Yes. Needs more dog, yes. So we cannot tell you what's going on. We'll tell you soon enough, but it's coming. It is coming hard and fast. But the four probs, Maloney in a hoop scene. Maloney and Hoop scene, he said, four problems is, is fast becoming a rover stronghold and Friday was probably the biggest gathering of diehard rovers he had seen in a pub since the famous victory in Belgrade 10 years ago. Atmosphere in the lounge was electric and a proper little boozer, proper old school that had all the hallmarks of a fucking rovers pub. We're going to have, we have a jersey there for them as well. We're going to start hanging up our rovers memorabilia in the rovers room upstairs. Really are making us feel at home here. Unlike other talent establishments, which we will not mention, <laughs> that certain people seem to keep beating us with a stick about. But we won't say any more on that. Yeah, well, some of the Tata folk actually made it out this time. The likes of Craig Mahan and uh, Noli. Is he, is he a Tata man? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean... Nosebleeds. <laughs> the crowd just keeps growing each time, Garrett. And even the women came out, Garrett. The women came out and the they had women. some requests. They had some requests for certain beverages as well. So they're even being stocked up. They're even taking requests for certain beverages that people want in. What a bub. What a pub. Uh, like I say, it just keeps getting better every time. The hoopets are even coming out now. And uh, For this whole game, I had staff over my shoulder, Gary, with the running commentary. And I think after, I think at halftime, I just turned to him. I was like, is this what it's like to stand beside you for a game? Because now I understand why Joey O'Brien tried to kill you. I, uh, do you know what? I don't mind them because <laughs> it provokes conversation. Like, and I, I like, obviously, I like talking. And he's like, yes, yes, you. Yes, that's you. That's yours, Richie Tell. Richie <laughs> Tell, that's yours. It was. <laughs> he's like, Richie, no, 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 Richie. It's like he's talking to a child at times. It cracks me up. I've no, I've no issue. Put it this way: it's better than standing next to fucking Mitzi. Oh, that's that's another story. But uh, yeah, Rob Lavelle was telling me about his tattoo he's going to get. He showed me the picture of one. It's of uh, four different things, four famous moments. One being when we celebrated the goal in Belgrade. Studies body. You know, where all the players kind of huddled together. Yeah. Apparently, you had a great show for him. You said. You're going to have Paddy Kavanagh on your body forever. <laughs> I said, maybe just blot that one out. <laughs> that would make you rethink it, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe just not, not so much detail on this guy. Okay, how about this guy? We can make him really, really evident that he, yeah, no, maybe just don't color him in. We can erase him from history. Yeah, I didn't realize you weren't going to be there until Shorty Faust to uh, kick off. And just I just noticed Dan texting you, and, and you you were asking him many there, and then he sent back sold out. So and then he, I said it to Rob as well. He's like sold out. <laughs> yeah. I was like these these are all taking the piss out of me. You walked right into that one. But um, apologies if we forgot to mention this before. But uh, we, I don't know if we maybe we didn't credit Dan Fulham with the Barry Cotter song because that was actually his invention. 
Was it his? Yeah. It was, yeah. And actually, he's he was giving me some... He's actually disappointed in how it turned out in a way. He says there's, there's a couple of pauses in it where you could fill it in a bit. He was saying something about him having composure. Like, if, if, if you sing the song, there is a couple of gaps in there. So right. Really, okay, let's go through this. Let's go through this, right? So, we really, really like him. Are we yeah, talking... But, is that that straight away, that bit there? That, would, that bit there, yeah. So, what would you put in? We really, really like him. I think Dan's he's got this. composure. Yeah, he's got uh, composure. Yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what? That would be birthed this Saturday, I'd imagine, on the bus to Longford. Yeah. So the previous time in the Far Promises, we had the christening in the lounge, and this time we had a funeral in the lounge. I never heard a fucking end of this. Do you know that? Oh, sorry, a funeral in the bar. So I really. There was a weird I really moment. <laughs> yeah. I never, <laughs> never heard the end. Of, there was a weird moment, Gary. I don't know if you're familiar with the word juxtaposition. Go on. Um, I'm, I don't know. I hope I'm using that correctly here, but that seems like the appropriate word. But like I said, we're all in the big lounge. There's a funeral in the bar. The full-time whistle goes, so you're disappointed. You, you robbers have just lost. So I go to the jacks. So now I'm kind of merging with the funeral folk. <laughs> I think I know and what's going. Two of them just sort of, the door. I think the door swings open. And two of them are hugging and singing. And they're singing, always look on the brighter side of life. And I'm just like, this is such a weird moment. And was it a case of where he gets to the urinal and you're at the urinal <laughs> well, and he looks at you and goes, Jesus, this is very sad, isn't it? And you go, yeah, <laughs> it is. It was just that, it was just, it was my mood coming towards them after just losing the match. It was just, it couldn't have been timed any weirder, you know what I mean? Uh, one of those classic comedy moments. And you may not like this stack here. Uh-oh. We have a 100% winning record in the bar, but we have a 100% losing record on the big screen in the lounge. Oh, and all the fucking effort we put in to get that big screen up and running. Jesus yep. Christ. We'll break that, the duct eventually. That's Flora, Bows in the Cup, and then that one. Three defeats. You really have outdone yourself this week on stats. There's a lot more coming later, don't worry. Um, yeah, so we'll move on, Prof. Great night in the Far Pros, unfortunately, ended in defeat, but we've Sligo with a 2-0 win team with the Pico. Pico man only in, and he was the only change. Gaffney still carrying a knock, and uh, protesters yeah, outside the game. Protesters outside the game with an RT is the virus banner. They don't. They have a point, but I wouldn't, wouldn't go down my way now to be on protest. Well, I don't know where where they're getting their stats from because on the banner it said twenty four thousand five hundred thirty six people killed by COVID vaccines in Europe. So I would love to see what Facebook link they got off their uncle to reach these figures because that's they got that's, off their uncle. That's just mad what's stuff. That, what's that thing that people always ah uh, never happened of the year award yeah. on Twitter? Like that's that's a major fucking nomination for that. Where is this figure coming from? But um, as for as for the Sligo team, they had John Kenny on the bench, which was kind of good news for us when you're yeah, I was happy. Team. Richard Brush on the bench for them, and he he played in the first game at Tata. So the, I was thinking there can't be many of those still left. How is Dickie Brush still playing football? I don't know. The Grave Digger. The Grave Digger, yeah. Uh, um, no, no, Greg Bulger. He. He's accumulated 12 yellow cards, Gary, which is impressive. So that got a two-match suspension, so he was out for this match. And um, 
Probably did it on purpose. Twelve. Yeah, twelve. Shitload of fucking cars. Yeah, so first few the minutes. The highest, got- highest in the league, Gar, that is. And um, Con Murphy said that to Graham Garton on commentary. And Garrett said his record was 13 yellows and a red in one season. Oh, so he's, he's, that's something he doesn't want to be broken. Oh, Garrett's. Yeah, the players um, uh, The players weren't wearing their hashtag pray for prof shirts in the warm-up. Uh, I don't know, mustn't have got the memo there. They had a vigil. They had a candlelight vigil for you beforehand. Don't worry about it. It was looked after. It was a very solemn event, prof. Yeah, as, as for Sligo uh, fans, they, they got a couple of hundred tickets for this game, which, which I think we were happy about, weren't we? Yeah, definitely, of course. We, we want this bullshit to be not nipped in the bud, start letting away fans in. Yeah, because you remember Dan Lafferty scoring in the previous game, and there's no sound. And it's just strange, isn't it? It's unnatural. Very, very, very odd. Even in the Bowes game itself, when um, Bert scored, it was, it was weird. Like, no noise. It was so weird. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the game now, Prof. First few minutes with Barry Cotta, a header from the first corner, and then great control by Watts. He pulled it back to Tell, who shot over. And um, we, we never really looked out of control in this game. It was great. Yeah, we made a decent start. Uh, probably not a whole lot happened the first 10 minutes. We're kind of feeling each other out. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about Ronan Finn a bit in this match. The way he constantly, the amount of interceptions he made in this match. And there was one early where he's on the edge of the box. Uh, he's trying to do a one-two with, I can't remember who it was. Might have been, might have been Dylan Watts. And the Sligo player gets to the ball first. So you think that's the end of it then. He seems to be in total control. It's back to Finner. Finner somehow nicks it off him again. And then the chance is on again. He's a fucking animal. He, he just doesn't this, stop. Constantly he did this the whole game. Brilliant. Brilliant to see. It really is. But we go 1-0. Danny the 10-minute prof. Um, jog my memory on this one. This was where he uh, he did really well to nick the ball off of uh, Mahan. Uh, or sorry, no, he didn't nick it off Mahan. He nicked it off uh, some other Stigo player. Runs into the box. Uh, Greener makes a clever run to kind of draw the defender away. Then he puts it through Mahan's legs on purpose, which wrong fussed the goalkeeper. So it was such a, such a clever he finish. Did, he won the ball back as well. And here was all this crap talking about Danny Mandrew, who doesn't work hard for the team. He's he's done that a few times. He did it again, Pats. He's constantly nicking the ball off players and he's gone on to score it ultimately in this one. He's so hard to defend against when he's running directly at you and there was no stopping him here and a very, very smart finish. Like you said, just placed into the bottom corner. Keeper had no chance. Yeah, at first glance, I thought, well, how is this so easy for him? But like I said, the Greener's run, it was important, important element to this. And it's just, it's at the point now where you just, you know Danny will finish. He's like, he's in that Brandon Mele phase where one-on-one, he just buries it every Great single show. time. Great show. And uh, do you know what happens? You know what you hear ringing around in the south stand when he does put it home it's like he, Danny doesn't miss those no no great finish from that pox in Tala with a toxic attitude doesn't turn up for training there yep there you go that pox in Tala yeah how um, have they any more can we take a few more of these pox <laughs> certainly would Brazzer had fighting words afterwards as well he said uh, 10 goals from midfield and he still can't win player of the month 
Absolutely brilliant. Really, really good season so far from Danny Mandroyo. Um, what's masterclass, prof? Everything absolutely just spewing over. He was absolutely brilliant. This is the what I love watching. This is the transformed player that we've talked about. That he he's fantastic at doing at Bradzard. One of his projects, torn even like Danny, like Danny's the closest we have to a jack at the minute that he can run at players and make things happen. But what's He's just totally transformed Watts into this fucking superb playmaker. And it's brilliant to watch. He was excellent in this game. He really was. Yeah, no, he was superb. And then we uh, we Grace on 90 minute. He heads onto the crossbar from a Watts corner. And um, Grace has such an impressive resurgence in form from this fella. I mean, the mental steel that's required to kind of do what he's been doing, coming back from injuries, coming back from poor form and continue to step up when there's been doubt. No doubt about it. There has been doubt, and he just steps in again and be. He turns. It turns a masterclass of defending. He's absolutely brilliant, Lee Grace. He really is. The yeah, Rolls Royce, as we said, the role that went out again. The Rolls Royce. Grace and Pico, in fairness, both were 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 excellent in this match. And uh, we're talking about Watts there. It's not just that he everything was going through him. It was his set pieces in this game were phenomenal. And in the commentary, they were talking about. I think Conan Byrne was talking about it on the on Khan's podcast. You know, Watts is angling his body differently now on the dead balls. He's sort of turning differently. Oh yeah, he has a kind of yeah. You're right about that. He has a he has a certain way he stands, a certain way he takes it, and it's notable. It's not a shimmy. It's not the the ballybox shuffle, but it's definitely notable, isn't it? It is. Yeah, well, it's it's working now. He's hitting in these sort of. Uh, don't know if you call them outswingers, but there's, there's variations in them, isn't there? I mean, yeah. the, the amount of, I mean, I think Pigo had two chances in a row from a car. I think that was Tell's corner, funny enough, later on. But the amount of set-piece chances in this game compared to earlier on the season was yeah, incredible. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, so 28-minute prop. Great one-handed save from Finn's drilled shot across the goal. Finner getting himself forward. He does it all. He <clears throat> This guy must be an Iron Man. He, he definitely have some time if he came down to marathons and stuff like that. He's just got so much um, tenacity and uh, stamina. He's unbelievable, and at his age as well. What a captain! Yeah, like I say, we have a few more things to say about Finn in this match. But uh, then a few minutes later, Cody hit a shot wide, uh, not too far wide. But that was that was half an hour in. That was Ligo's first chance of attack of any note. They didn't offer anything this first half. No, nothing at all, and um, I didn't. I didn't think they did much overall either, to be honest. But um, once again, John Mann. I thought John Mann was good. Had a good game. Uh, hashtag Bradzer listens. Um, Twenty-two minutes, bro. Aaron Green, step up the absolute fucking st- the cheek of him. the audacity to oh, even yes. attempt this. I couldn't believe it. And you know what? You know because the south stand, you have a great view, and they're going through on goal in that end. And the second Danny picked it up and played him through, I was just thinking to myself, right, he has three, he has three seconds here. You have three touches, three seconds. So one, a lot of time two. to think about it, which has often resulted in him in missing these one-on-ones, hasn't it? Yeah. And the cheek one. Keeper, keeper barely came out and he still loved him. I thought it was going over the bar, but what a fucking goal. Absolutely gorgeous. Lovely, lovely finish. And just... Everybody it was one of those turned around, mouth open, going, Oh, <laughs> it was one of them. Yeah, I mean, 
you thought you, you make a good point there about McGinty's position and he still does the lob and Brazzer was saying that he did his homework on this and you could see McGinty wasn't expecting that lob at all and he's a good shot stopper from these sort of angles and uh, it's just a sublime finish. It actually started from a clearance from Gary O'Neill and the ball just happened to drop to Watts and the break was on. Uh, so that's where I came. But you go back even further before that. We're talking about Ronan Finn. Ronan Finn wins back the ball three different times in the space of a minute in different parts oh, that of the pitch. That got the crowd going as well. In different like, parts of the pitch, Gar. One minute he's in the halfway line. The next minute he's in the far right corner. And then that's when the long ball happens. Yeah, like This actually started from, from Finner. He's been he's been fantastic and a show for player of the year as well. We'll talk about that in a while. But uh, yeah, no, brilliant stuff. Great, great to watch. It was just really, really good. Um, really enjoyable game. We had a great show by Nathan, one of our listeners on Twitter. He said he loves a chip against Sligo, along with Greener stuffing his face full of chips in the showgrounds. Yeah, with delight, um, delight for Greener because he, you know, he he's gotten stick for missing these sort of one on ones in the last couple of years. So. The fact that it was him made it even better. It was more enjoyable. Such a green, I think, to do it, though, isn't it? Like, he could miss maybe mm. one or two really easy chances and then fucking pull a chip out of the bag like that. Oh, it was brilliant. Oh, stop. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, one fucking Rovers rang out, of course. And we all know there is only one Rovers born in Ring's End. Um, 36-minute prop McGinty again. McGinty's audition for his number one spot for next season. He saved from Mandroyo and he's true on goal and a lovely move. I once again came from Watts, and um, yeah, and then his size is deceiving. McGinty's actually a lot taller and bigger in in person, so I wouldn't let that that rule it out. But McGinty, it's looking like he could be our target for a number one jersey after Big Al leaves because it is an issue, and um, it's it's a huge issue for me. I don't even want to talk about is the potential goalkeeping crisis that we have in our hands. Yeah, the showgrounds and this game. Some Rovers fans have been sort of teasing McGindy, sort of saying like, <laughs> like how many years have you signed for it and see you next year and stuff like that. But uh, he, he he really kept the score down this match. There was that there was that save. Then there was a few minutes later, another save from Watts, although there wasn't much power on that one. But uh, he, he kept the score down for sure in this match. Yeah, no, he definitely did. Yeah, and a lesser keeper, I mean, would have kind of fell to the pressure there of the south stand. So, um. 40 minutes, bro. A bit of a scare. I'll drop the ball. We cleared. Great interception by Finner, who nipped in and cleared. Once again, it's Finner again, nipping in and doing what he does best and leading from the front. Yeah, he was everywhere in this half. And uh, like I said, Sligo didn't offer anything. They seemed kind of afraid of us. They were afraid to get forward. And as Gareth on commentary, it's always educational listening to him, especially because I, I was obviously stuck at home. So this is only probably the second time. I've actually been able to sit and watch a live stream and listen to the two lads. You know, it was, it was very enjoyable. But uh, Gareth, Gareth was saying that, you know, when Sligo do win the ball back, we swarm them then and then we don't even let them out and then we win the ball back again. It's just relentless pressure. It really is. We're just at them and at them and at them. It's, it's very, very hard to play against when you don't have the mentality or the players to actually cope with us. Like Sligo didn't. Sligo came up and just bottled it. So if that's the case and you've no one willing to grab the game but the bollocks in your team, you're going to get overrun by this Rovers team. And that's ultimately what happened. Well, half time, Prof. 
Well, the sentiment by a lot of team was by a lot of people was that uh, our best forty-five minutes of the season. Would you agree with that? I, I, I it's hard to argue against it, really, because it was really good. I mean, it was, it's hard to say that we play better at all, but Alan Cawley will tell you different. <laughs> well, it could have been seven 0 at that stage, and that that's not no exaggeration. It could have been seven nil at halftime, and a bit of a weird start actually. That's for the second game in a row. It happened where both goals that we scored in the match were in the first half and we're in the north end without any fans. So we've joked about the sales stand, you know, sucking the ball into the net. Yeah. We actually, we've actually not scored a sales stand goal since September 9th. Danny's brace against Waterford. Wow. <laughs> the problem with his nuts. And again, huge show. and again, the balls game, uh, that, Richie Taylor was scoring to the north end. So, in the second half, so I'm wondering, did the Bows captain win the coin toss and deliberately shoot into the South Sands second half? Because it feels like the first time in maybe six months that's happened. Yeah, I, I meant to say that actually. Yeah, I for most thing I noticed, I said it to Barry. So the kind of foul is, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like shooting into the into the into the north end in the second half. But ultimately, it worked for us. But we'll talk about slow game again, Prof. Yeah, so triple soul prof, sixty-five minutes, um, and it's a bit of a, a bit of a forte of Bradzers, isn't it? To make these triple souls, he did another one against Bowles. Yeah, exactly. And the the, the three subs against Bowles definitely did the trick, changed the game really. But uh, yeah. in this case, uh, what was next? We had we had the penalty claim, Garen Danny. Danny, yeah, and the easily um, the keeper save from Tell on the edge of the box as well. Do you think it was a penalty? Uh, I actually don't remember this. It's, it was in the notes, but I can't remember if it was if I thought it was a pen or not. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to remember it myself. Either way, we're in control. Really, we are in control. But we had a lovely true ball defence and pass from McCann, who nearly set up a goal. McCann, uh, the man of the moment, he could be up for player of the month. <laughs> Never thought I'd hear his name being sang in the South Stand. I think Stafford well, exploded. His, that was his bits of ring, rings end hoops everywhere. That was his first genuinely defence pit and pass since probably the President's Cup. So, like, we know he has it in his locker somewhere, but we just haven't seen that since, you know, yeah, February. Think, <laughs> it's in his locker somewhere. He just lost the keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 72nd minute Cabo, so great to see him getting minutes under his legs. Ultimately ended in tears in the game after that, but his first appearance since August. And Kevo best left foot in the league. Um, he actually... He actually played in midfield here when he came on. I picked out some nice passes. He can do it all. He can play centre half, left full, up front, in the hole. You can play him anywhere and he'll excel. He's brilliant. Then we Gaffney coming on as well, 15 minutes. Um, was this the substitution I wasn't happy with? Well, you were saying why risk him? Yeah, it was pointless. 2 0 up. I was looking at Idemo. I think Idemo got a game here either. I was thinking to myself, we've got balls on Monday. What is the point of bringing this Gaffney fellow on? What if he gets injured? What if something happens? You know? Yeah, well, as it turned out, um, like uh, there was a chance for Sligo. Uh, Byrne had a free header, headed straight at Manus. So that ended up was probably the best chance of the match. Yeah. But the second half, we were kind of, we were sloppy for about 10, 15 minutes. And the game had gotten quite dull. And it was actually Gaffney's introduction, which really livened things up again. Yeah. And I thought Farouge as well, it was great to see him out wide, uh, just running at people. Like that's, 
it's something that Idemo does when he comes on. It's something that Faruja does when he comes on. He just runs us. He runs up players. It makes it makes things happen. I'm really looking forward to Faruja, and I think that possibly a new position for him could be could be in the works. He could be the next project. So next season, Faruja, what isn't the finished article yet? He's near. He's near to it. He's a, he was the most recent project. The next project oh. is Faruja for me. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, I think I mean, you could put him in that role where in behind a striker even or somewhere maybe even to the left where Danny Mandrew plays I think he's got it in him and he could ultimately like he could be the next project it'd be great to see wouldn't it I think they're satisfied aren't they with um, they sent Faruja to a specialist they feel like they got to the root of the problem and he's same way they did with Gaffney didn't they with his his Achilles he's been looking very good whereas um, Cavo's obviously on the other end of the spectrum it's not looking good at all there yeah so poor old Cavo it uh, would work for the third time, Prof. Which one was this? This was into the south stand. Well, the first, first of all was Gaffney. Um, you know, on 80 minutes, good strike from, like, you were talking about Ferugia. Uh, Ferugia and Cavo set up that one. And I, as I mentioned earlier, there was a peak of double chance from two Richie Tell corners because Watts was gone off the pitch at this stage. And uh, the first one was a two very good... in a row, yeah. Yeah, the first one was a very good save by McGinty. He saw it a bit late. And he got down well. And then from that corner again, uh, Pigo hit the crossbar from a header. So he beat, he beat the same man twice in a row in the space of like 30 seconds. Defensively, I would have. Um, apparently, they got uh, they were in the dressing room for an hour afterwards with Buckley. I would have hit the fucking bollocks off them for this performance defensively. And just in general, it was shy from Sligo. There was, there was no yeah. bottle in it at all. So... Um, McGinty saved from Hoare as well once again the, he's upped his uh, his audition this time last time he let a Finn shot through his legs in his most his previous audition but he stepped it up this time and we're going to talk about the Sligo performance we just said it there it was spineless I think is the best way yeah so it was actually four times altogether we hit the woodwork in the match it was uh, there was another one from Gafty where he showed some great pace and then he hit a surprise shot on his left foot and then that clipped the post. And then after that, there was Ferugia. Yeah, uh, there was some weird mix-up between the defender and McGinty. I don't know what he was trying to do. He was trying to backheel the McGinty or something. And uh, Ferugia got in on goal, but McGinty blocked him. Then on the rebound, Ferugia was turning. He got he got way too under the ball too much, and then hit the bar again. So four times hit the woodwork in the match. Four times would work. Um, can we now talk about the South Stand Prof and how deadly it is to see no gaps or spaces in it and everybody all crammed in? Um, possibly not the best thing to say on the podcast. <laughs> Maybe it depends with social distancing, but we listen, we kept to our capacity. But uh, brilliant, really is great stuff. Everybody falling around when we score again and the cutter sub reaction. Talk about wholesome. Talk about enjoying the reaction from the crowd. He was overwhelmed, wasn't he? Ah, it was absolutely brilliant. He just, he, I think he nearly came back from R. I think he stopped <laughs> at one time and he wanted to come back and do another lap. He was absolutely milking it, wasn't he? He was strutting around the cell stand. Brilliant. Really, really was. Well, I'm just going what people tell me. I wasn't at the match. but uh, Fantastic, saw, fantastic reaction. From what I saw on TV, there wasn't a space to be seen in that cell stand. He was, he was packed in. Again, probably shouldn't be saying that. but And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they were talking about on commentary, Greener getting clapped off because he was subbed off, wasn't he? In the I think in the second half, and um, Khan was kind of saying he was getting applauded off. 
And then Garrison makes a good a good quip saying, you didn't get clapped off like that, I tell you, in 2012. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He was, he was too busy fucking trying to jump into the into the main stand. Yeah, but Garrison made a great point that um, it's, it's something something we know, but just just the fact that he kind of made the point again, it really, really dawns on you then that the players have been going over to the East End a lot. They've been going over to the younger fans a lot. They've been going over to the South Stand. Danny Mandroy was straight over there. The players didn't have this last year. Because remember, like last year, we were about to win the league. And, you know, the the the, the stadium is empty. So now this is the first time we've had this, where we're about to win the league. And they have that fans, those fans they can go over to and sort of live in that moment in these last few weeks while we build up towards, you know, the title win. It's super, isn't it? Because it starts with the academy kids at the corner. Of the East Stand goes into the hard car, into the South, into the Ultras, into the Block X, and then onto the Main Stand. So there's a nice, a nice curve of fans <clears> to kind of get your, <throat> to get your applause from. So it really works well. And then it's great you go for to both. And... It's great for both, isn't it? Players and fans, because neither of us yeah. had this last year. It's class. It really is because in even back when we were in the East Stand, you didn't have it. They come over, they clap, and they go. But another player gets really close, you know. Poor El Oidemo. Apologise now for the post game. We'll talk about that soon, but we'll move on, Prof. Performances overall, really good performance. And um, Watts was fantastic for me. Pico, Grace, just overall, really, really positive performance. Yeah, even even our pal Richie Tell, he was excellent in this match. In fairness, so probably his best game in a Rovers jersey. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Finally, finally pulling pulling some out of the bags. But um, we two posts from David Orhell. He said, "There's a real top spirit in this squad." Stayed after with my young lad and got in pictures with Neil Frugge, Gary O'Neill and Dylan Watts. Great atmosphere, top performance from all this evening. And he says, big shout out to the lads doing the commentary for the visually impaired. They do a great job and are really passionate about what they do. Fair play. And um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant to see because it's actually a very, very tough thing to do and be trained that because there's a lot going on. And you have to make that audio really, really descriptive for people who can't see the game. So we have a lot of, have a lot of time and Fair play to the lads who were doing it. Yeah, you saw Phelan and uh, the lads, like they've been able to bring some visually impaired fans with them to the game recently. And uh, they look like they're really enjoying it. I saw Phelan interviewing a young girl there. Uh, so they're definitely enjoying it. So keep up the great work, lads. Yep. Excellent, excellent stuff. And Paul Thomas Kempes, he says, We were like a pack of wild dogs tearing slime to shreds. So brilliant stuff. It really uh, was. Relentless. Most one-sided 2 nil you'll ever see. Relentless, I think, is one of the words I'd be using for that one. I heard people were giving out about singing the the Green Ribbon song. I mean... Oh, it's getting sang. It's done. <laughs> we, decided, we, we decided that in the four problems with the last-minute winner versus Pats. I mean, there's superstition, and that's something else entirely, because that, that league is over. Yeah, it's done. Six points out of 18 is what we need next. It just depends where. And we're not being... We're realists. We're, we're not. We're not big-headed. We're not stupid. We know. We know football prop at this stage of our lives. It, it like I'll eat me on Mickey if we don't win this fucking <laughs> league. You know I mean? That's that's on record now. <laughs> and here we have Gary P eating his own Mickey. Um. Okay. So prop SRFC TV notes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like I said. I mean. Uh, this is. 
one of the only chances I've had to uh, kind of take in the whole stream experience, you know. Um, this is you covered in Toblerone and cola bottles and Guinness. Uh, many Toblerone's had gear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gareth gave Greener man the match. I remember thinking, oh, I would love to interview Greener because he's, he's one of my favorite people to talk to. But uh, McDara filled in for me. And uh, sure enough, he didn't disappoint. Greener had some uh, cracking comments about Sligo, which we'll read now in a few minutes. Yeah, but, uh, and this is what I want to touch on now. This is what I t- want to touch on in the Player of the Year events at the end of the season I want to touch on Greener's comments with the media as well and I think he's the only one that talks like this he's the only one that has a bit of bite about him and isn't out of the footballer's handbook of comments and that's nothing against the other players they don't necessarily have to do that but Greener has a bit of bite about him and he always did so so yeah now Greener he just he just gets it you know what I mean he knows what it's like to be that little bit of have that bit of edge in football yeah and he gives you bits of insight as well like uh like we're reading the moment now about how he didn't want to lose to the same team twice in Tata. You know, that's that's the insight into how the management team uh, motivate our players. So it's cool to hear stuff like that. But uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Sligo coming here, taking liberties, coming up and beating us and thinking they won the league. You know, that stays fresh in your memory. Yeah, it's just just a few more notes on my on my stream experience. Uh, I had Bill Gleeson as my call with Buddy Gar because he he was stuck at yeah. home as well. Big shout out to Bill. Hope he's getting better. Junior hoops. Um, yeah, he, he came out of isolation yesterday as we record this. I, I still have uh, tonight to go. But uh, I just nominated him as my buddy guy. He had no say in the matter. I just kept kept texting him during the game. I was, actually, <laughs> I was actually talking to him yesterday and I was thinking to myself, I was, no, you know, when you, there's, there's certain people you have voice notes with and certain people you don't send voice notes to. Uh, he's, he's my voice note guy. So I was, he was sending one. I was thinking, this fucker is out of isolation. Six hours and he's in the pub. You can hear you know, the background noise. You can hear someone in the pub. Like, well, no better way to celebrate it. Well. Yeah, there you go. Bill was my Colwood friend. And uh, at halftime, uh, my behind-the-scenes video aired, Gary. What do you think of that? Excellent stuff, Prof, as, as usual. And, of course, great to see you, Prof, getting on screen, something that you were generally not happy with and didn't never, never like to do. So it's good to see you step out of your comfort zone. I can't believe some of these comments talking about be, me being natural on camera. I was so... Yeah, you weren't. You weren't, was, you weren't awkward. You weren't... It was great. It was great to see. I was so uncomfortable in front of that camera. You, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. But uh, you liked my jazzy background, didn't you? Jazzy background. I felt like I was in a Parisian... Uh, a, a rainy Parisian walkway, smoking a filtered <laughs> cigarette, having a small glass of 18, 1884 beer, Cronenberg. And watching the world go boy, there's your descriptive moment right there. It was so, I remember when I stumbled across it, I was like, oh my God, this is so perfect. Because normally when you hear documentary, kind of modern behind the scenes, it's often kind of annoying poppy songs. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, be shy. I just thought, no, there's some funny elements to this behind the scenes. Just play like some cool jazz and just worked well. Yeah. Cool jazz, yeah. But um, um, yeah, Green Blood on Twitter replied. He said, "This needs a cinema release." Uh, absolutely, There's, that's talks in the work already. And yeah, like I said, Con and Garts, uh We've talked about it before. Their their chemistry is brilliant. I might just stay home from now on, Gar, because yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're not entertaining. Like at one stage, they were arguing over whether the rain was a proper tatter rain or, in fact, a misty drizzle. <laughs> That's like corn snacks and crisps. 
there's a difference. Yeah. Khan mentioned and that he had a drizzle or a proper tata rain. <laughs> yeah. Khan uh, mentioned that he had an 80s mullet, so Gareth, Gareth hoped that a picture of that went up. 100%. And that's the thing I was saying. I said, if we don't, if we sign John Matten, one of the conditions in the contract is yes, see a barber. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will, I will dock one point off Gareth Stout that he didn't know the name of the 1899, 1899 bar and therefore the year of our birth. Oh, that's Gareth. the only well listen we all learn from our mistakes it's the only black mark against Gareth what than that absolutely brilliant. like I said it's an education isn't it like, I look forward to hearing his commentary because I feel like I'm going to learn six things about football today that I didn't he know he just before. gets football doesn't it it goes back to Brad's our, the Brad's our cast we need to have our Garth's our cast it's, I think so. it's he, he sees things we don't see I think so. I think so good. Like I said, we need a sequel to that that Con and Garth's one. So yeah, absolutely, that's on the cards. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the whole production was was top notch. I mean, the replays were were timely. They were all perfect. My only issue is not so much with SRC TV, but with the streams in general. My my issue is with the sound. It's like it's ninety percent commentators and ten percent ambience. Just kind of ridiculous. Like the mics are yeah yeah the mics are picking up the east stand. So. Going by the sound of the stream, there's only two men and the dog of this game. Like at one stage, some fella started doing the Davy chant with some kids, you know, Rovers, and it sounded absolutely crap. Mm. And you are texting me about how, oh, Carl, the cell stand right now is amazing, but I'm not hearing that. So that's that's my issue. There you go. Profs, one of Profs' little issues but, that he has. Like I said, not a not a Shamrock Rovers issue. That is uh, whatever platform is used for these streams. That's that's they all use the same stuff. So, all right. So that's that's your notes, Prof. I think for you. Yeah. So, so here's Greener's comments that we were talking about. Yeah. So you're hearing comments from everyone saying we're beatable. 18 game season. People criticise us. You hear what people say, but it doesn't have it. Brackets COVID title. It doesn't have anything. You still get a winner's medal, and I still handed it to my dad after the season. You look at them in the face and you shake their hand at the end of the year. If you win your league title, we love it. Keep talking about us. We just worry about us. We're not in the papers talking about other teams. I love it when people speak about us and call us vulnerable, beatable. That's cool. We're so far ahead of these teams, point wise, but they keep talking about us. We look after ourselves and that is drilled into us by the staff and the management. We have seven points to get. And while people like to speak about us, we just have to look after ourselves. We had it numerous times since I've been here. People always want to doubt us. Just keep doubting us because we'll just keep showing up. For me, I love it. Keep letting me hear about it. I love when people speak about us and doubt us. Getting beaten in Europe, writing us off, blah, blah, blah. Green added, the massive thing for us was when they came here at the start of the year and they won and walked off like they won the league. I'll never forget it. I was in the dressing room and told the boys that they are walking off like that. I've played for Sligo, so I know what it's like. Playing Rovers is their biggest game of the year. They don't win leagues in June. We wanted to show up, and if they beat us, they would have to do the only thing that did beat us twice in Tallis Stadium that year. It was important for us. So fighting words from Greener. Yes. Love it. Swinging. Greener coming out like he's had six points of fat frog in the plaza. Swinging <laughs> at everybody. Trying to get into level four. Go on, Greener. Absolutely love that. And uh, there was a quote from a journalist, uh, not quite maybe as, not as much fun as Greener, but it it was a nice little introduction to a Robbers article, which I thought about sort of our our dominance. 
He uh, this is by Philip Quinn. He said, "No one is tethering the green and white ribbons to the Premier Division trophy just yet, but they will be rummaging through the boxes in Abbottstown to be sure where to find them, because the impressive, oh. because the impressive and adaptable Shamrock Rovers are on course to be crowned league champions in the FEI's centenary year. Whether it's an eighteen-game sprint." like the COVID-affected schedule of 2020, or an old-fashioned 36-game bruising marathon, Rovers have shown they have the firepower and the nous to successfully negotiate a race over any distance. I like that. Excellent stuff. That was brilliant. Really, really interesting. And the thing is, as well, the centenary year as well, that's something I didn't think of. I like the, I like the sound of that, winning it in the centenary year. Well, my Dara and Owen are launching their book. Um, could be in the next couple of weeks. I don't know. They haven't uh, picked a date yet, but uh, that was part of their target to re- release it this year in the hundred years. Plenty of plenty of content coming out. We've got your movie. We've got the boys bringing out a book. With Green Ribbon coming out, Prof. It's a good year for to be a hoop. They're literally swirling the beer in the tank as we speak here. They're literally swirling, yeah. They're literally doing that. Um, yeah, so we're moving on, Prof, for other results. So, great result against Sligo, against a beaten and bruised Sligo who did not show up to play any type of football. So, we are wonderful fucking for life. Here we go. <laughs> he was in the, he was up, he was in there. I actually walked by him and I saw him in the flesh, and I was gonna, I was like, what, what do we do here? I said, do I do I do something? Do I say hello to him and go, oh, could you imagine going up? He fucking knocked me out. It's like the Spider Man yeah. meme. Which one's Bertram? <laughs> so yeah, you know, a little bit of fucking it, isn't it? So four one uh, against the Harps. Bowls one one done the awkward last minute. Georgie Kelly penalty and Derry one nil against Pat. So that effectively ended the title chase for Pats or any sort of inkling <laughs> or any sort of a. Uh, Effort that they had to claim any sort of silverware this season. Yeah, that thirty one nil win. It's a few red cards. It was two red cards in that Pats game. Um, second sending up of the season for our old friend Dan Lafferty, uh, but Derry still won the match. Uh, Brian Murphy for Waterford was sent off for an elbow. So then you're thinking, oh no, because he's going to miss the cup semi final. But no, actually, it turns out he's available for that one. Thankfully. Yeah, excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. We draw the win at 2-0 against Longford. So that's Longford officially relegated. So Longford continuing mm-hmm. on with their good season after their first their first Premier League season in a while. Good um, riddance, Gary. Good riddance. Good riddance, yeah. Nothing to the league. They scraped up by the skin of their fucking bollocks anyway last year, didn't they? Didn't they get up by um by the playoff and they like they're just not good enough. It's simple. To see in the group chats, uh Mick McCarthy straight in there when they were relegated. The lawyer, yeah, he was waiting. He waited for that <laughs> final whistle. I'd say he watched that yeah. game instead of Rovers. Also, Gareth, draw at home to Longford. I felt uh, a solid last man standing pick, uh, unlike some people who went for Bray. Listen, I was led astray. <laughs> I was led astray by certain individuals, and I won't be doing it again. But we're down to one life, one life left each, Prof. I don't think we'll get it finished. No, we're moving to the Premier League, aren't we, after this ends? Yeah, we'll have to have some sort of Squid Games elimination. <laughs> I'll be terrible at the Premier League. I'll, I'll get knocked out in the first week. But then again, maybe maybe the lack of... Uh, because you don't watch it, maybe that's better off. You get beginner's luck. Uh, maybe so. So, yeah, Longford officially gone. And adios and good riddance. Sayonara and all that. 
McInef prop link with a move back to Derry, the money man. Uh, so if, he's not getting in the hearts. If he's going to go back anywhere, I'd imagine he'd go home. Well, it's a, it's a loan move he's linked with specifically. That's unfortunate, really. I would have liked to see him do well. So that's the Big Mac. Orla's mm-hmm. uh, 3-0 away win to Azerbaijan and Baku. We had a um, very positive, positive Orland performance. Comprehensive, wasn't it? Yeah, very positive, very positive. Callum Robinson. I'm not even going to make a stupid <laughs> joke. Do you know that? Not a chance. So I'm not going to say that that part. result was a, a shot in the arm, no? Oh, God. Oh, he's got more goals than jabs. Hmm? <laughs> Will you fuck off? This is great. This is in the paper. Don't do it, prof. Don't do another one. No, I don't have another one, but uh, <laughs> uh, are Ireland good now? Well, we're playing uh, against I'm not, I'm not used so to this. It's it's good to watch. That's the thing. And get, he's getting back. I'm all for it. I'm all for watching us play progressive brand, brand of football at international level. 100%. And yeah. playing players that he can he can put his faith in. Do you know what I mean? Like these players, like let's say for, they're, they're saying the lack of big name players. Two or three years from now, these players can get big moves in the way they're being groomed. You know, you never know. We'll see what happens. It's not one of our main priorities to comment on the Oilers football team, but we do. We certainly have uh, an interest in it now that Big Gab is there. So, Yeah, I must um, say, I, I found the whole Kenny under pressure thing, you know, must win the next game. I found the whole thing very tiresome. And actually, I found it a bit manufactured because I, I think the majority of, of level-headed people were never looking for him to go. But the papers and the media just kept going on about it. I mean, they just have short memories because managers have made slow starts plenty of times. Mick McCarthy made a slow start. Mick O'Neill made a slow start. I I just find this whole thing very manufactured, like I said. I don't think he was actually ever under pressure. No, it was, like you said, it was all manufactured. Media manufactured as well, I'd imagine. But... From from like some pundits and journals need, need to hang their head in shame as well. To be honest, absolutely. Yeah, I think even Paul McGrath came out and said he's he's not up to it, didn't he? Like why? Do you have to fucking go a chance? Like we and we that's from Rovers fans. We're not exactly is 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 um we're not exactly his, his biggest fans. You know what I mean? But we like good football. And that's what we want to see. Yeah, I mean we do, we obviously have bad memories of his time at Rovers, but I, I want him to do well with Ireland. Yeah, hundred percent. I do have the beef t- uh, with uh, the Ole Ole Brigade gear because they have taken our Shane Robinson song and they have ruined it with a Callum Robinson song about COVID. Oh, for fuck's sake. I think COVID chants are kind of out of... Out, they can't really do it, can you? No. It's not It's not in good taste, is it? Leave them out. Especially as yeah. someone who, who got COVID, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, mean... No, it's not. I look. I I wasn't badly affected by it. Thankfully, I just had a cold and a cough for a few days. But I mean, other people have been have been hit with a lot worse, a lot worse symptoms. But uh, so that was Gavin Bazuna's first clean sheet for Ireland. So this was in the paper. Gavin Bazuna has been dubbed Superman by his teammates after a stunning elevation to Ireland's number one. Shane Duffy has lifted the lid on how Bazunu, 19, has blown senior players away with his performances. Duffy said he's an unbelievable goalkeeper. He's like Superman in training because you can't score past them. It's unbelievable. You need to build a relationship with your goalie. The first thing you need to do is trust and trust him with my life. Gavin is a wise man, so mature for his age that you wouldn't believe it. It breeds confidence. And his dad is, I don't think he's got a clean sheet yet for the postal team, but he's working on it. His dad's in goal for the postal team. He's he's getting stuck in. Odell Green, Bazunu. 
Oh, so Bazuda Junior does have the clean sheet, but but Green hasn't got it yet. Green hasn't got one yet, no. And then we had an article, scales, by, article by John Aldridge, who I didn't even bother reading because I couldn't get article. Past, is that what you call him? That I couldn't even get past the headline, Gar. To be honest, it was Gavin Bazunu has done well for Ireland, but Kelleher is operating at a different level. To which I just said, "Done well." Is that not a bit of an understatement? He's been sensational. Absolutely ridiculous. Even so that he's been linked with a Newcastle move as well. So, I mean, it's crazy to, to say, like, what's, what's the agenda there? Do you know what it is? John Aldridge played for Liverpool. Liverpool have an Irish goalkeeper. John Aldridge seems to think that he has to back this fella because he's a Liverpool goalie. <laughs> that is it. I think that is the extent of it. I, Gavin actually unfortunately made a couple of errors for Parsmith the other day, didn't he? But I mean, it's out of character. Johan Cruyff Torns. Johan Cruyff Torns went wrong. Yeah. Let's just say uh, we're recording on Zoom here, obviously, and Gary looked like he's hanging from the ceiling. I can just see, <laughs> like, the quiff is hanging, and I can see one eyeball <laughs> at the top of the screen. It's very off putting. So forgive me if I need to compose myself here. Of a very short cable that has to charge the <laughs> iPad. And I'm trying to stay away from the creaky chair. So you're going to hear the creaky chair every so often. And I'm I'm charging it. And it does look a bit creepy. It looks like I'm, I'm being hung by a predator and getting skinned. <laughs> Gary, get me out of this isolation. I don't want to ever... <laughs> I don't want to ever open you, Zoom again. You, I'm sick of Zoom. Sick of these four are. walls. I just want to get out of here. <laughs> Do you know when you were isolating, did you... Did you just sit back and start laughing at any stage uncontrollably to yourself? Because I wasn't, I didn't have COVID, but I was isolating from the kid. And I just started, I sat in the kitchen and I just started laughing. I just like, ah! <laughs> nothing was funny. But no the laughter beer, was uncontrollable. No beer and no TV made Gary go crazy. Yeah, there you go. No, I never we'll quite released uh, maniacal laughter, thankfully. No, we'll move on from Mr. Bazunu. Well, the Mr. Scales, another former player, he was called into the Ireland squad after Ryan Manning pulled out. So he made the 6,000-mile trip to Baku, only to be left out in the end. And he didn't make the Qatar game either, similar to Jack Bourne in the situation before, remember? Yeah, a bit of a waste of journey, I suppose. But, um, I mean, his time will come. I mean, just because he's not in the squad now doesn't mean... I mean, like, Ireland left-backs, of all positions in the last 30 years, they do not grow on trees. No, certainly not. And uh, I think Ender Stevens is on the end of his tenure as well. So we definitely have room for scope there. It's definitely room for, for people to make their make their impact. And then we had Celtic. Uh, Scalzi came on for another appearance in Celtic's Europa League game with a 3.30 Tuesday kickoff, Gare. And a big, big crowd as well. So fair play to Celtic, yeah, against Fidens Fados. See the banner? Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, that was actually class, yeah. Fans of RTV with the conundrum clue. That was deadly. Ca- caused a bit of confusion in our WhatsApp group, but we won't <laughs> say who. Actually, it wasn't um, Barry, believe it or not. <laughs> we move on from the Ireland news to talk about uh, former hoops. Sinclair Armstrong has joined Turkey United on loan from QPR, so big, big hopes for him. QPR fans are loving uh, his progress, so... It's a Vanarama league, so it's it's a man's league he's going into. Big, strong, young flip. Yeah, interesting to see how he does. Underage results from a couple of weeks ago. The Rovers under 17s, they beat Waterford 6-0 at home. The women's 17s won 1-0 away to Bray. And the 15s drew one all at Shelbourne. 
14s ran out, 3 1 winners over Cove Ramblers at the academy. And this past weekend, we the women's before you read, coming... before you read this past weekend, uh, that 14s result there, so that meant the qualifier for the league quarterfinals. And Excellent. uh, there was actually a 14s result we, we didn't get to last week because we it was happening as we were recording. They got a big 4 2 win away to Bose. Oh, get in there, prof, get yep. in there. Hold on. Yeah, so, uh, yes, and this past weekend, of course, we the women coming an absolute cracker of a game, Prof. 3-1 down at halftime, it's about 4-3 in Cork, so I can only imagine the scenes in Cork for that one. Under-14s, knocked out a cup semi-finals on penalties after a 2-2 draw in Wexford. Unfortunately, that's Garth's boys. Unfortunate there. And Idemo scored in his Ireland debut, under-19s debut against Sweden in Marbella. And Justin Ferrazage, if I'm saying that correctly, scored a fantastic free kick for the Ireland under-17s against Andorra. A tournament cross, so they topped their group. Did you see that photograph from the 14s game of Wexford? Yeah, that was very sad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very touching photograph. You had, you had the Wexford player Keen Nolan hugging uh Keen Dignam afterwards, and so Dignam scored last minute equalizer for Robbers, but then Nolan scored the winning penalty for Wexford, so Wexford won on penalties. And so Keen Dignam lost his mum to cancer last year. And those two lads knew each other very well. They grew up together, went to school together. And you just see Keen Dignam in tears and they're hugging. Like it's it's one of those photos uh, says a thousand words sort of things, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fantastic stuff. And uh, Paul McGrath. Ireland, um, underage international stuff, you mentioned Idemo and that fella's name, I can't pronounce, <laughs> scoring the goals. And then we had the Ireland 15s played Poland. So we had two Robbers players starting and four on the bench. And this was the best part, I thought. We had one in the Poland team as well. Very cool, wasn't it? Yeah. Very, and very cool. On the women's side of things, we had Orla O'Mahony. She scored for the women's Ireland 17s in a qualifier against Bulgaria in Norway. So as they say, the future is bright. The future is green and white. Yeah, so yeah, props. We have a fantastic... That's the thing about the Roadstone. It's, it was always going to take a long time. It's a brilliant, brilliant idea and development that we have. It's been going on for years now. And like, there's a lot of hatred towards it because it's successful. It is successful, ultimately. Think about it. We start from the ground up, start an academy, an elite academy. And some people may say it's ruthless, but we have decided to go down the elite road. Like It's brilliant. All the development that we've done, we've got all these internationals. That is what you call a professional academy. And that is the route we've gone down. All the effort that's been put onto it, it's been fantastic. It really is. And the hatred towards it is kind of justifying its existence. So, Absolutely. So Paul McGrath. Ooh, ah, Paul McGrath. Um, Abbo's number one fan. Paul McGrath with a great quote from the Glenmalore game a couple of weeks ago. 2-2 here. Glenmalore is Zimbabwe down to 10. Quote of the day from Darren Heffernan. 17 minutes left. Enough to win it or go on to lose 6-2. And that is the joy of the UCFL. <laughs> It's an insane league. Should be played in the octagon. I've said it plenty of times before. It's a mad league. And that game actually did finish 2 all. And eight-man Zimbabwe had three one-on-one chances to win in the last five minutes. Down to eight men. <laughs> Unbelievable. Pico Prof. He helped Cape Verde beat Liberia at home and away their World Cup qualifying campaign. Tell me this, Prof. Mr. Statboy. Have we ever had a player involved in any sort of big campaign World Cup campaign at like that not, not well playing for a League of Ireland well playing for a League of Ireland club 
I'm not sure about the League of Ireland club. I'm not aware of one. Certainly never Rovers. There's never been a Rovers player who's played in international tournaments while at Rovers. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to have really on, Cape Verde. Yeah, yeah. going to have peak on January anyway for the Cup of Nations. But um, did you see the story on Instagram uh, filming from inside the bus? They were going through the street to Cape Verde getting absolutely mobbed. And as crazy as it was on the outside, they were dancing more inside the bus than outside. <laughs> it was class. Some party, wasn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant scenes for Pico. And he he's going to possibly some, one of the last in memories of his football career. Like, he'll never ever forget that. He'll never forget that. Uh, a couple of other people have mentioned it, uh, but just <laughs> we've never said it on this show. And Andros Townsend is an absolute ringer for Pigo. It's fucking scary. It, like he popped up on Twitter there one day, and I'm like, "Why is Pigo on my screen?" I had to stare at it. I'm like, "Oh, that's not Pigo." Like it was, it's nuts. You'd wonder if his dad made a little pit stop in England before he came to Ireland, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So two wins over Liberia, Gary. Uh, President George Weah won't be happy. No, not not at all. He's pre- president of the country, not just the football federation. That's right. I just said the sentence, President George Weah. President George Weah. <laughs> I don't want to see more 90s footballers running for office. I want to see, like, Thomas Brolin can be president of Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Who else? We'll go uh, Stoichkov. Stoichkov can go Bulgaria. Yeah. Who else? Any other obscure, different nationality footballers? We'll go JJ Akocha. <laughs> JJ Kocha for the Minister of Agriculture for Nigeria. Why not? The precedent's been set now. Yeah, so League of Ireland Puff will pause on international for international breaks and break for the season earlier for next year, probably February 11th. I liked what you mentioned about those games being played in, not like the Linster Senior Cup games and stuff like that, and the League Cup games being played in the off weeks. Yeah. Are you a fan of this? Yeah, that was Tommy Tommy's idea that we said last time. I think that's a fantastic idea. And what they're doing for the breaks is now, of course, next year is kind of a weird year with the Winter World Cup in Qatar. So they're having the international breaks in March, June, September. So, yeah, why not play like League Cups and Senior Cups and we still get our football then, you know? And also what this does, it, it, it resolves the League of Ireland issue. The pause in international breaks, because at the moment, the rules were only Ireland and Northern Ireland call-ups allowed you to call off a game so you had stuff like us losing Pigo and you had Dundalk losing two foreign players and they weren't entitled to call off games so now under these new rules we won't be playing during these international weeks we won't lose players yeah it's all, it's good but sometimes it works in the favour of the manager to call a game off so that might be the little trump card that they have anymore but mm. um, of course Prof, there was a media event at Windsor Park last Thursday afternoon to announce the details of the Unite the Union Champions Cup Prof is a happy man Borky went up for the promos draw was made the Aviva um, will host the final of December court Linfield versus Coray in the semi-final first versus second in the League of Ireland in the other semi Prof is absolutely chuffed well it got off to a bad start didn't it because the thing leading things only announced and then there's, this, there's an article in the paper about how Rovers intend to boycott this cup unless the fixtures are moved and we're going to feel their 17s and 19s so already you're like this thing's a failure it's a fucking failure yeah now I know money talks anyway, so- and you're like 60 grand yeah of course the teams will will go for this 
And robbers should too for 60 grand. Why not delay your holidays for one week or something, you know? But uh, it just feels like the scheduling problems of the Satanta Cup were never resolved. He always had one team given out and then they quit when they don't get their way. Just seems like it's always that issue is there lingering over. But my main issue with it is, is that it doesn't feel like a proper all Ireland tournament. I know it's set up in a way that it will be a North versus South final. I understand that. That makes sense. But it makes no sense for fans because you don't even get the fun of, like, we're not going to be able to travel to Coleraine or whatever for the semi final. Yeah. That, that, that whole fun of the semi final is gone now. So you just get a final in the Aviva. So I don't consider this a proper order on tournament for the fans. If we're just going to be playing pass for the fifth time this season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. So probably the, the un, like the Linfield games and things like, like that. Linfield was still probably the most intimidating game I've ever really been to. It was insane. Uh, I love to, more trips up the north. I think on a totally different subject, the All-Ireland League would be really good eventually. But I think there's too much to You could do a podcast on that alone because you're talking about history. Does your history get eradicated? Things like that, you know, who who is the top dog in the in the in the league? You know, it's it's we're a long way away from it, but yeah, no, I do yeah. I, I do get what you mean, what you said. Well, my last point on that is just that I think it's a bit risky to set up as well, so that you may not you may have one or both of the champions either side of the border not competing in your showpiece final, so it could be Linfield versus Pats. I say if we put out the reserves, but if it goes according to plan. Let's say, and you get a Linfield versus Barbers final in the Aviva, and it's a cracker, and one of them wins 60 grand. Well, then, yeah, it's a big success, but it's just set up in a way that that may not happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. But I don't think there was much talk put into it anyway. But anyway, we'll move on, Prof, and we'll talk about the Derby in Tala, Prof, Balls, Tala, Monday night. And um, the build up to it, we had a meeting members. Have we got to the bottom of this yet? Have we gone to the bottom of who, which stake, which which little sneaky fuck decided to put this video footage out there? No, it was a massive breach of trust. I mean, it seemed like a member recorded it with his phone. And then, even if I'm giving the benefit of the doubt, which I don't even want to do, but say he has a, his best mate is a Bowles fan, and it's just like, don't show that to anyone. I mean, what what's he expect? You don't see that really out to anybody except Robert's members. Well, first of all, you don't record in the first place. Yeah. See that rule that you're talking about, right? That rule is bullshit. No one knows you saying that. Let's say I send something onto you, right? And I say, listen, don't send that to anybody. The person who sent it to me has probably said the same thing. Don't send that to anybody. You can just add a plus one on to every single one of those. Every single time someone sends you something and says, don't spread that around. That person sends it on to one person. Says the same thing. Don't spread that around. And that turns into 10 people. Turns into everybody. I just don't know what's wrong with people. I mean, it's a member's meeting. It's for our eyes only. I mean, that's probably the end of those, uh, you know, online meetings now because people can't be trusted. So the next one will probably be in person, thankfully. But, Hopefully uh, that's the case anyway. The ball's ticketing process, Gary. Any thoughts? I think I'll just you know, skip by that one. <laughs> Yeah, well, we made a massive effort to stop Bose vans buying tickets, and in the process, we kind of 
made it a bit difficult for ourselves. That's all I'll say about that. But uh, at least Bowls fans tried to buy tickets and they, and they got refunded because their names were checked against lists. So good man, Ross, on that on that account. Madness, absolute madness. I'm not even going to comment on it because it's it just it, it devoured the derby week or the weekend. It devoured everything that led up to the whole yeah. game. Um, just to know on the recording, the members being uh, what was actually said by Jonathan Roach was fine. Like it was all very professional, and it made them look bad, it embarrassed them. So that was one positive aspect of it. Totally agree with everything said. Everything I agreed with, and it wasn't embarrassing. The only embarrassing thing was the fact that someone felt the need to share a strictly private members meeting between Shamrock Rovers football fans and, the, and their members board. So that's what my yeah. issue was. That's the only thing embarrassing about it is that a fan or someone got their hands on it. So yeah, that's all I felt bad about. We'll talk about the game though, Prof. We had tickets still left for the game before kickoff derby when we're going to win for a lead. But I give my right hand to be at the match tomorrow. Now the cons will even give 15 euros, said Polly Murphy on Facebook. So it's a strange one. I don't want to give excuses. I don't want to see why we ultimately did really well, sold out a lot of tickets. I don't know what the, what the story is. I don't know how we can't totally sell it out. It was near a sellout, but maybe it's down to the Sligo game before. Maybe it's down to quarter past seven on a Monday night. There is a couple of factors. I'll t- I guarantee you this. On a Friday night at quarter to eight, this is getting sold out. Put it that way. Like I said, there are, there are factors, yeah. The day, the kickoff time, it's on RTE. None of those things helped. But I was still embarrassed by this. I think a lot of people were. Uh, Tommy Kelly said, like, it's mad to think only last year we were locked out. I would have given anything to get in to see the hoops. Now we can't even sell 4,000 for a Dublin derby in a title run-in to help push the team over the line. So yeah. it is hard to believe. But Someone made the, the, asked the question, has the lockdown changed some people's habits, do you think? Do you think some of them are just happy now to sit at home with a few cans? It's very possible. It's very possible because they've gotten um, they've gotten used to it. And it's changed people's social habits as well because the off and the on trade as regards to beer and selling beer in pubs and selling off license, that's changed the way people drink as well. Normally, I'd know fellas who, who'd say, I don't drink at home. Like they wouldn't dare have a drink at home. Their habits changed over COVID. They drink at home now and they might not necessarily go out for a couple of points anymore. Personally, I love the pub. Love everything about different types of pubs. I think they're brilliant. All the little characteristics that they all have, the people, the characters. I think going for a point is just a brilliant thing. But it has changed people's habits, you're right. And it has changed people's habits. Now, maybe they've gotten used to saving a few quid. Maybe they've, they've gotten used to not spending the 60 quid on tickets with their kids, the extra 50 on drinks and, and food, and they've saved the money now. They're just going to watch it at home. And they've gotten their own little family night at home now. So you wouldn't know how people's habits have changed, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it is possibly the case, but still, I couldn't believe my eyes when yeah. we're talking about, you know, a few hundred tickets being left still for sale you know, a couple of years before it Ultimately, out. I think we, we had about, I think there was about 100 left altogether, so it wasn't too bad. Mm. And that was without giving the academy anything as well. So, um, as Carl Morby said about balls, it's not often you play a cup final before, <laughs> before a cup semi-final. I didn't hear that one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing he didn't say that on, on air, did he? No, he didn't say that on air. I think it was no, Twitter. I didn't think so. Um, and of course, yeah, November 27th, of course, we have to invite our fellow podcasters to the Player of the Year Awards. Con is a big welcome there to be a point for you and Graham Gartland. Get on down, listen mm-hmm. to the Flock of Boards. Check out Dan Fulham on the decks. I'm pro- promoting this shamelessly now, but definitely 100% sent out. And to the, of course, the LOI. I'm going to invite your mates, Carl. I'm going to invite Dale and, and Liam. Anyway. They're dead to me, Gert. But we have to be dead to me. 
we're getting the word out there. But we got some Bows fan in and they um got their excuses in early. They said tonight means nothing. But come on, it's it's a derby. We know we know it means something. I think that's fear. That's what that was. They were just fearing the worst there. We sure they get they get the big teddy in the Eddie Mount for us. So I think they obviously did care about the match. It literally was a teddy. It was literally a big teddy on the back of a truck. That's all it was, yeah. I think I had to say when it'd be it'd be kitchen. What amused me was it said hashtag terrorist is not TV on the screen. Yeah. Well what if you're what if you're looking at a big TV from the terraces? But not the terraces of the stadium where the game is being played. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a conundrum. The heat on pre-match interview, prop. Um, what was he saying about this? Was he caught out or something? Well, you were laughing at this, weren't you? Because he was getting abused behind them, wasn't he? That's all it was. It was brilliant. So Brad was giving <laughs> his one, and then like all, he, he's uh, he's in the middle of talking about Tab. He's like, yeah, yeah, I long you're a cunt. <laughs> And I'm just like, what is going on? And all you can hear is random voices abusing him. And he had to, he had, he couldn't hear it one stage. He's like, sorry, could you repeat that? So they yeah. drowned him out. Like, it was, he really it was looked hilarious. a bit, bit rattled, actually. Yeah, but um, he was rattled. He was pissed off. He was, he was bullying. You could tell. That TV in Daddy Mount actually was the perfect meme generator, wasn't it? It was just, ah. just begging for stuff pictures to be inserted into. Ah, some of them not pretty PG either. And you know, you know, things are nearly back to normal, Gar. When someone starts a thread on Facebook. Asking this question: Does the chip van take card payment or just cash? We're back. We are back. We're back, baby. Cash all day. Uh, Hooper special. Um, yeah. So shenanigans with the team sheet. One game shenanigans. All sorts of gone, uh, crap going on. Uh, this was definitely done purposely because he got caught out saying that he rested them. Then he was said they were saying they were injured. So we definitely got caught out in that sense. But there was shenanigans. Three different yeah, was, uh, team sheet changes. Yeah, it was now Georgie Kelly initially, and then Talbot supposedly injured in the warm up, and then Tierney was suddenly out and was a ward starting. Then is um, uh, is shitting your is shitting your cacks an injury? <laughs> that's Balger and yourself. That's Balger and Talbot in successive games, conveniently missing. No, but honestly, does does shitting yourself in the warm up count as an injury? We'll no. see. We'll have to look that one up. We'll have to ask the referees' association. Yeah. So we had Gaffney starting this one, and uh, yeah, Graham Burke finally back in the squad. Been wondering where he was. Yeah. Uh, definitely our strongest bench of the season. Everyone was t- going on about our bench. It's like it was the first time we've had injury-free points maybe at the start of the season, but it felt like the first time where we had everybody to choose from, and we had you know. Greener had just scored against Stigo and Berkey was come back, so that made the bench look even stronger. Yeah, really happy with the bench, and we were like you said, we spoke volumes about it. We're just saying that it's really, it's like they always ram on about our bench as well with the with the commentators as well. But we'll talk about the game now, Prof. We'll move straight in. We know so they know Tab, they know Tierney, they know Georgie Kelly, Grace on the bench. He wasn't originally, then he was. Gaffney started and broke back in the squad. And then there was an all-action start to the game. Ali Coop, I have to say, big fan. I think he's a really good player. Two good seasons in uh, League of Ireland now. One with Waterford and one with Bowes. I think he's in double I think he's in double figures this season now overall for goals. Our type of player. Uh, Torte Mini, he got in on goal. They uh, Bowes were really good, I've got to be honest. 
Both played good football and they, yeah, they tore Kiel, us apart at times. Kill was good. I thought Bert was very good for them as well. He, he was impressive. Bert was excellent, yeah. Really good players. Promise Amacheri. Good player as well. They, they really had some good chances. Um, with the board snapshot, just wide as well. This should have been a goal all day. This should have been a goal all day. It was right in front of the goal. Normally, he, he buries these. Um, Manus rooted to the spot. Just wide of the goal. Very, very, very lucky to go to, to not concede here. Yeah, he was dangerous all night, Bert. Uh, he should have scored there. And then a couple of minutes later, had, free kick by Devoy. Uh, pound away by Big Al. Yeah, a bit of a camera save, I thought myself. I thought he saw it coming and saw the cameras. But... Um, Nice, nice. Like I mean, we were getting we were getting exposed by this throw. Actually, one of the benefits of sitting next to Stafford, uh, he, he does have some quality shouts, and we kept getting done out by this fucking long throw in in the middle, a long low throw in that kept going into the middle, into Coot and into the midfield players. Kept getting caught out by it, and that's how they build. So they get a throw in out wide, and they just mill it into the middle of the park into one of their midfielders, and they'd walk in from there, and it was catching us out. Yeah, we and, never seemed um, to learn from that, did we? No, we didn't, and Devoy. Devoy's lovely shot, nice bit of pacing on his right foot, but ultimately saved by Al. And then, but at this point, went, before before the goal began, to, I mean, at this point, we hadn't found our rhythm at all. We hadn't had a shot on goal in the first half. We were terrible. Yeah, we were. We were really the the no options. We there was just no creativity. It was a really bad performance. And then when we did start to kind of turn the screw ish, we got up there and we we like an unnecessary back heel in their box by Watts trying to put in Gaffney started their uh, their move off Ali Koo got the ball in the middle of the park sprayed it out to Dawson Devoy on the right hand side nothing much really on but a brilliant pass into Promise on the right hand side this first time pass from Promise on maturity was brilliant kind of a little deft pass into Keith Ward and Keith Ward did brilliantly as well once again this is a fantastic goal Keith Ward did brilliantly to square it for Bert and <laughs> Bert um, he just decides to just tap it home, and the eerie silence after a goal like that. Um, it I don't think I could get used to. It was eerie. It really, really was. Yeah, well, uh, I wasn't there, obviously, but uh, I was there for the Lafferty one, so I know what you mean. It's just it's so strange when the opposition yeah. score and there's no noise. But uh, yeah, it was a re- really fast break, impressive goal by Balls. Yeah. Everybody clattering around into each other as well. It was a real fucking blood and guts, blood and thunder derby. McCann came on for Gary O'Neill, who had got clobbered out of it. He was away with the fairies. He could not see from left to right. I'd say he probably got sick as well after, you know, when you when sometimes when you get a knock and you get um, a concussion, you get sick straight after. Mm. I'd say he was in bits for the next few days because it's not nice to be concussed. So that was concussion substitute, McCann and Gary O'Neill. McCann came on to really influence the game, but yeah, as we learned, as we learned later, that was a concussion substitute. And once you make that, you can actually make six subs, which <laughs> it was gas. Uh, people raging about the six subs, like particularly Bows fans, and like every second great. thread on on Facebook was just like six subs, six subs. How come six subs? Yeah. Six subs? Why six subs? Call it concussion, buddy. Yeah. Well, listen, we will move on to the Pico red card, and the, it shouldn't have been a red card at first. I thought it was. I thought he was true on goal, but. When he went to get through on goal, so we'd promise we'd a big tackle in the middle of the park from Keith Buckley. Ball bounded into the into the path of promise. And promise pretty much tore Pico on New Arts. He he had him torn inside out. And just as he turned him in the last the last In fairness, they were pulling out of his shoulder, Gar. 
Yeah, but he had him. He had him on toast. Like he turned him in and out. He had him turned inside. It's actually a great freeze frame where he's putting Pico down. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, probably, it's probably a convenient time to pause it. I'll give you that. But they were pulling out of each other. Yeah, if you're talking about convenient times to pause it, Bowes fans are pausing it just as promised does them the first time. Yeah, and Gannon's a good bit behind them, but Gannon comes back and makes the recovery run. You're quicker. Gannon, with, is, you're, Gannon is covering all day there. Yeah, but you're quicker without the ball at your feet than you are with it. You can run ten times faster than you can with the balls at your feet. When without look, if I don't have the ball at my feet, I'm running faster than you. You know what I mean? So his recovery run made it back, and it shouldn't have been a red. He got it wrong. So hopefully, when we put our presentation into the referees association, we'll get it down to a yellow card. Hopefully, Pico doesn't miss too many games because it's not a red card. Not on a month of Sundays. Do you find it's ridiculous? Do you find League of Ireland or League of Ireland referees often get this particular decision wrong? I feel like we've been done by this. Many times, I remember a Pats game. Uh, Budimer did it to us years ago. It's it's the stopping the goal scoring opportunity one, you know, where there's players covering. I just feel like we've been burned by this one. Yeah, yeah, a, a, many times. And uh, Raz are not happy. Obviously, called it a disgrace. He also questioned why Neil Doyle keeps refing these derbies because it, <laughs> it, it, it was him for the two daily mount defeats, which I I'd forgotten. It was Neil Doyle for those two as well. So Brad's drew attention to that. Now, I was actually doing... thought I thought Doyle was pretty good. Like he was letting a lot of 50-50s go. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. It's because he was terrible he didn't make the decision. But you have to remember is that this referees association, you cannot touch them. They are untouchable, man. They look at fucking stonecutters, the Illuminati. They are a, a dark and secret society that don't let anybody in. So it's a very, very, very hard thing to do. Is to even infiltrate them, so I wouldn't even bother. But we will put a presentation together, and we we'll hopefully get it reduced. Um, yeah, so we'd McCann on with the Pico Red and the terrible first half overall. We had no creativity. I watched it again last night, this morning, coming home from work, and we just they were the better football team, and we didn't create anything of note really that challenged them. And we played a lot of football in front of them. They just had our number really for the first half. Yeah, I'm sure McGinnis didn't have a save to make before the red card. Um, some of our passing, uh, you know, people were picking on Sean Hoare, probably deservedly so in this game. He, he, uh, when you say uh, picking on, we're observing he, poor play. Picking on means we're kind of booking, we're, we're bullying him. We were just observing something that was actually evident and his passing was terrible. At one stage, he was the 45th minute. He had the ball and he kind of stood on it and the game looked like it went dead. And then he just clipped it into their centre half and he headed it back to the keeper. And I was just like, for fuck's sake, like, that sums up the first half that's a pointless pointless pass yeah and at one stage was quite strange we were 1-0 down and he gestures to the fans calm down and we're all like what are you talking about yeah you can't do that pal and he got I think he got the I think he got uh, bollocked for it as well but like we said terrible first half and we just wanted to get it over with get in there and regroup get some sort of this is where Brad's are his books so we'd see Siri he said from reading comments from Bowles fans that made it into talent last night it's where they just avoid the real life episode of the Squid Game yeah like seriously what do you expect me and you went to the Jody stand for the 4-0 before and we said we'd never go back remember when we were beating 4-0 in Kenny's era we said we'd never go back because it's not a pleasant experience you're not sitting with your own fans you're sitting with the away fans you can't celebrate your score what, like don't don't come and talk shit on fucking Twitter if you go in to an opposition's end and terrace and give out about getting abuse in one of the most hotly contested derbies 
in the world. I don't care. You can you can think I'm exaggerating. That that's the way it is. We hate each other. Don't give out if you think people are going to say something to you in the opposition's end. Don't be stupid. Don't be naive. So I've no time for anybody. Yeah, I'm sure about this. Yeah, we had Faker saying. Uh, I think he he texted beforehand that he was going to start the the stand up for the champion song because it's a great way of identifying the enemy or or the yeah, lazy yeah, people yeah. as well as if they, if they don't stand up. But uh, at halftime, Gar, as as a viewer at home, all I kept thinking was, once again, we don't play well on the teddy. No, once again, we're about to get beaten on RTE, and I'm thinking, the casual RTE viewer. Yeah. Imagine the casual RD viewer. They must be wondering, how are this shower champions? How are they always on telly? Just don't play well. Yeah. I know we're gonna be get the last minute winner at Pats, yeah. But Flora balls, balls twice, Jesus, yeah. or Flora the lock balls. Yep. So that was that, and we've got the forty-eight minute prof moving into the second half. Cutters could have seen red reckless challenge. He's fell as a head case. Did you see what he did in the first half? The challenge with the head with the where they clashed heads. Jesus Christ, he nearly took his head off. This fella is an animal. No, I actually missed that one, but this he one clobbered someone over head to head and then he kind of went down himself. But this tackle was very, very, very lucky. This could have this could have been a sending on for sure, yeah. And then a minute later, Cotter actually went on a great run and uh he left fly with a shot that uh, just went wide. And I noticed this kind of that moment there really lifted the crowd because yeah. it was dead at that point. Because in RTE, I can actually hear the crowd, so I can I can get a sense for it. And uh, that that lifted them. I noticed. Also, we we're in a back four at this stage. Carter on the left, Finn on the right, and it seemed to suit us from the, in the game. Yeah, well, it's you have, to, you have to cope with a team that has to, well a team that was counterattacking us. So we were sitting back then. So they couldn't play the game that they wanted to play. They were counter-attacking us and they were working off how we played. And it wasn't the case anymore, whereas we kind of had to sit back and soak up pressure and then work off that. So it worked in our favour. And then we had the 54th minute. We had a nice move by Danny, but he was offside. He hit the post, struck the post. He was just offside. So we, we started, like like you said, that cutter shot, that lifted the crowd big time in the south stand because we just thought there was a bit of individual magic. He took it on himself to kind of lift the game and lift the spirit to the team. And it did, it lifted the crowd as well. And then the 58 minute, like you said, or the 54 at night by Danny. And then we just started thinking, we can do something here. Yeah, but then Bowles actually, in fairness, made a couple of good chances. Uh, Coot and uh, Promise had chances to go. Coot needs to finish these. Coot needs to finish these. In the 58 minute, we were fucking blessed. That he did, he didn't bury this, and you could see it coming a mile away when the when he took that touch, you knew he was going to go by Cotter, you knew he was just going to go by him, and he, Cotter was gone to the shops. He went for a for a bucket of nachos, loads of cheese on it, and um, he 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 should have buried this. He should have went across the goal instead of going near post. So we were very lucky with that. And then even in the sixty second, we done Cherry, and uh, he actually beat Manus to the ball and the defender. All he had to do was nod it downwards to get the ball in, but he headed it up. Decided to swing out a crossbar. Yeah, and then a minute later, um, he had another chance. He was in on goal. But, uh, man, yeah, this was really good. That was man really good. The ball. See how strong, see how see how well he did there. Yeah. No, I was impressed by, by Promise, actually. He's, he looks like a, a decent player. Uh, Brazzer said afterwards, I don't know if it was he at the moment, but he said that balls were, were negative second half. He couldn't say it up to this point, up to like the... 
60 minutes onwards, I talk. Up to, up to like 62, 63 there, we've just talked about two or three good chances for balls. They certainly weren't being negative, but we actually took over then from this point. Yeah, no, I think so. 66 maybe onwards. Yeah, that was our first shot on target. Danny shot straight at McGuinness, but uh, at least finally we got uh, something on target. Yep. And, then, and then we had a nice swing corner in and horror headed wave. So we started to turn the screw again here. And we were thinking, okay, we get yeah. something out of this set pieces. And that's what we were saying in the South Stands that we need a couple of these chances. We need a couple of set pieces to drop for us just to kind of lift the spirits. So at this point, you're noticing probably our two best performers on the night were Sean Gannon, had a very good game. Brilliant. Obviously, obviously it's been well documented. He's been excellent since he's moved in to uh, send a half, but uh, he was very good in this game. And Chris McCann, we, we alluded to earlier. Well, at this stage, he was playing some very nice balls. Our best attacking player on the night. I can't believe I just said that. I, I believe it was the that, right move, though. I believe uh, the tattoo for Stafford's cousin is being arranged as we speak. The Chris yeah, McCann so tattoo. Yeah, we, actually, we actually heard his name being sang in the Southland. So I never hear that. Whoever has Stafford's cousin's phone on Monday night, please do the right thing and return it because there were compliments made towards Chris McCann on that phone. I think it was the right sub and it's the right thing to do as well because he's got a good passing range. Like we know that. So in order for us to play any sort of competitive football against a team with 11 men who are already dominating, you're going to need somebody who can, unfortunately, just kick it directly into the flanks and target our wider players. And this triple sub was brilliant, I thought, because we put on pace, we put on uh, pace, power and people who can run at you directly. And that's the way we we're going to have to play with McCann putting these players in. And that's the way we did work it. We we're going to say, OK, McCann's got the passing ability. He's going to put diagonal balls in to these runners. Mm-hmm. Because we're down one man. That's that one man. That's the way That's the way we're going to have to play. And it was the right move. I think it really was. So we had this. Yeah, McCann was, McCann was running the show. And like you said, we had this injection of pace from, from the three subs. And uh, then here comes the goal. Yeah, so with Ferruja Green and Amaku coming on, and those three runners, you could say, because they all have pace, they're all good at running at people, and it was the it was the right thing to do, and it was a tactical masterstroke, in my opinion, from Bradza because he decided to look at this and say, okay, it's been fifteen minutes, we're not competing with these the way we normally play, and you could tell because they stopped giving the ball out short as well to Hor and to just lump along where they just went forward then, so. We were hoping for McCann to mop up all these balls and then we had our runners going with Ruja Green and Amaku and him putting in direct, accurate balls into their path. And that was the way we actually dominated this game and it was brilliant from, from Bradshaw. I don't think a lot of people saw that. That's a classic example of in-game management. You know, It, brilliant. it really is. It really, really is. Bradshaw still has his critics somehow, even today. Like They'll throw things at him like he has the biggest budget and blah, 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 blah. But moments like this... This is where, like, you, what's the phrase? You know, you you earn your money or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You earn your stripes. Yeah. Yeah, really good. But then we came, here come the goal, Prof. Late run Richie, or no run Richie, as he has been labelled lately, because he just stopped for the goal as well. We didn't mention that. He looked left, right, when Bort was out on the left. And he saw him. On the halfway line, he saw him making that run, and he didn't. He didn't track him. I, I rewinded that a few times actually, and I just got angrier and angrier every time I saw it. Yeah, and that's he's done that a few times as well. His, his tracking back needs to be addressed. We've done this a few times, but listen, I think you take what you miss one hundred percent of the chances. You don't shoot, so he takes a shot, and Stephen again is absolutely shits the bed, and just palms it into his own corner. And cue absolute mayhem in the south stand. I. 
I, I was ho- in my head. I was thinking, I hope that doesn't go in because I know someone's going to just trounce me. <laughs> I mean, thrown around the stand. You're like, oh just, no, not another bear I'm like, right, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the crazy Australian fucker behind me to lift me up. I'm like, yeah, true as form. Here he is. Ah, <laughs> uh, brilliant, brilliant fucking moment. Great girl. And uh, listen, yeah. they all count, don't they? They all hit the back of the net. And then we yeah. were buoyed from that. Everyone's thinking, like, I mean, what is he? 30 years old? And everyone's just forty, even. Yeah, and everyone's just like, "Ah, oh, don't shoot from there." It's like it's like the Winston commentary. Remember for the Berkey goal, it's just like, it's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, shoot from there, headless chicken stuff." But oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was tell anyway. And no, then McGinnis, up the tempo. McGinnis makes makes a balls with like uh, choice of skill, but up spins off him into the corner, and uh, it's a great pick of Richie celebrating in front of the East End. And remarkably, the young fella in the photograph is wearing a mask. Could not believe it. The chances of photographing someone with a mask nowadays. Because just oh, no one's wearing them. Right? Yeah. No one's wearing them, like. No, no. I, mean, I was in the supermarket. No, yeah, nobody's wearing them. But yeah, yeah. No, so we move on to the 85th minute prop from a corner. And a fin shot deflected void. Might be going in. It looked like it was troubling the keeper. It looked like it was going to cause hassle. So it definitely had to be dealt with. Yeah, might have been going in the corner, right? That shot. Yeah, definitely. And then fucking spring up Idemo. This I could not believe this. Like he had like he's such a good kid. He came on, he made such a difference, putting just skinning players, getting frees, doing well, creating chances. He was really, really good. And I think the first chance came from on the right hand side. It was a snapshot. And he hit it into the ground. McGinnis had to flick it over the bar. The next one was out of nowhere. It was a great cross in from Cutter, I think. It was and uh, he just it, it fell to him unexpectedly and he stuck a foot out. He did well to even get any connection on it. It went wild. But yeah, he wasn't. This, he wasn't expecting that at all. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call that a great chance. Yeah, yeah. But this one, the <laughs> watch back the RTE footage. Right, I watched it back at least ten times this morning. When Amaku gets put in and the and the camera angle from the, from the main stand. Right, it's from the corner in the main stand, and there's a fella. The second Amaku gets put through, a fella is gone. A fella in a white top, he's gone on his toes, right? And he's following the run. He's sprinting. Jose Mourinho style, right? <laughs> With Amaku. And you can see him in the background. He's like, go on, go on, go on, go on. And just as, as he's about to strike, he jumps up in the air and then his hands are in his head. And it's fucking hilarious. Watch back the RT player and watch the fella in the white over on the east stand, running full on, full tilt with Amaku, trying to push the ball home. It's fucking brilliant. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that back now. It sounds amazing. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, he so had like... What, what did he do wrong? He, the first touch was brilliant. The ball was great. I knew, I think it was Kieran Kelly. Kieran Kelly, for me, I don't think he's a Premier League footballer in that in that league. He misses it, takes a swipe and he misses it. And Amaku's in, the first touch is brilliant. Totally traps it and puts himself into the right place. And he's gone. And I'm thinking... There's always like a bit of a three count when you're true on goal like that. It's like one, two, and then strike it on three. But on the third second, he kind of, he went left and he tried to round the keeper, but the keeper didn't make that move. The keeper yeah. stayed firm. He was trying to go around him. Then he ends up side foot, side footing it into his chest. Uh, he was probably a bit indecisive about it, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a young kid, isn't he? He'll learn from that. He looked quite upset yeah. at the final whistle. Poor kid and was apologising to the to the East to the South Stand. We were like, "Don't fucking apologise!" And then Brad's reaction was brilliant. He was like, "What? What are you doing?" He said, "They love you." He said, "Don't worry about it." 
And so look at the really replies nice to him on Twitter as well. I mean, everybody is behind them. And uh, like he was brilliant when he came on, just kept running and running at them, tormenting them. And uh, yeah, so just to sum up that last few minutes, it was chaotic, wasn't it? So like Idemo could have had a hat trick. You've described the three chances there he had. Cabo went off injured with a couple of minutes to go. He'd only come on as a sub. And it looked like the same knee as as an all as well. So like the chap is not. Uh, no, no, it's shocking. I feel so bad for him. So that was our Berkey came on then. Uh, that was our sixth sub. Our, our illegal sub, Gar. Can't be making six subs. Illegal sub. But uh, yeah, Bowles were kind of in the last few minutes of injury time, Bowles were actually pushing for a late winner. But then that late chance fell for a Macu. So it was and it was just like Bowles were coming at us. And then it was just a long, hopeful ball from Sean Gannon. Extremely like, enjoyable game of football. That Cornwall misjudged, and suddenly we get this golden oh, opportunity. It was a Cornwall, yeah. I thought it was Kieran Kelly. Yeah, Cornwall's another donkey. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, really enjoyable game of football. It really, really was. It, it just had it all. Typical, like, good football, sendings off, crazy decisions. Typical of a Dublin derby. You couldn't predict it, you know. Just the, the goings-on overall and the pre-game mind games with all sorts of crap going on. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. It's what you because, want from a derby. And considering where we were at halftime, awful first half performances or performance, it probably felt like a win in the end. Because I'm sure you were looking around at people saying, you know, you take a draw now at half time. And you know me when it comes to that, I never take draws, but I would have took it then. I really would have. Because it's crazy not mm. to take it. We could have like it did feel like a win after it. And it's all about the circumstances because we can get because we can win the league now with six points. If that wasn't the case we probably should be beating them. But now because that win sets it up perfectly now for our next two games, long for the way on Saturday and then Finn Harps home on the Friday, we can win at Finn Harps if we get a win on Saturday. So it did work out well and that's what everybody had in mind. So I think the mm-hmm. points, gladly take the point at that stage. But the atmosphere, prop, that's top of the atmosphere. Absolutely hopping. Brilliant. South stand, looking left here, right. Everybody's singing. Everybody's up on their feet, bouncing around the place. I think the good thing as well is that we're back to cheering on tackles we're back to cheering on every little bit every little thing that the team does in these derbies we're back to fucking getting on their back we're back to abusing the the, the players you know it's just it's everybody was on the singing out the same hymn sheet that's what I loved about it alright just don't rub it in too much Gary because I, I was stuck at home listening to Peter Collins right Ooh, don't, don't rub it in Gary is a good European games <laughs> it was brilliant but um yeah, the the frostiest handshake in the world. Brad's there and Keith Long didn't even look at each other. There's no there's no love loss there. It certainly isn't. And no uh, love loss whatsoever. I heard Lara and Ozzy Nate were talking tactics there. Yeah, this is possibly so. My wife and Ozzy Nate were having a good old chat at the game, and they need their own podcast. I think it should be called Attack, 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 <laughs> or I don't know, maybe One Four Five. That's the name of the formation. Because they they just want the team to attack constantly. It's fucking brilliant. They're like, well, get up there, get up there. Like, there's no room for defending. Two of them should be happy. We should get them on and we should just give us give us our thoughts on how we should just keep attacking all the time. It was fucking gas. Uh, I'd love to hear that. Um, yeah, so the Dalloy Lambert prof and another Bose official complaining about their treatment by Rovers fans. Absolute never happened of the year. Um, complaining about made up. officials complaining about treatment by Rovers fan. Hmm. Uh, pot 
allow me to introduce you to Kettle. <laughs> oh, man. But don't worry. The, uh, we're going down another road and uh, it's being handled. Get a grip, will you? Fucking grown man. Um, and of course, Prof. TV notes on this one, Prof. Yeah, well, I mentioned Peter Collins, Gary. I was stuck looking at him. Thinks he's the Fonz with his bleeding leather jacket. <laughs> the Fonz. He got it of, uh, He got it in the oil accenter. Did you notice that they relocated to the north end? I meant to say to you. I meant to say we've moved them. They hate us that much. They've moved down to another part of the fucking stadium. Yeah, definitely not snowflakes, Gary. Definitely not. But uh, no. yeah, a few things annoyed me. Like Kevin Doyle was just pushing the the Bowes narrative, the plucky part-timers and all. Like, I had to double-check that we weren't playing Manute University at one stage, the way he was talking about them. Part-fucking-timers, will you stop? And, and meanwhile, Gar, they threw up a graphic, RTE did, from two and a half years ago, with all the teams and the players out of date, Gary O'Neill in a UCD jersey, Sean Boyd in a Roberts jersey. They do not give a fuck. No, they don't give a rats. And that's ultimately what you're dealing with. So yeah. we don't give a fuck either. That's the thing. Um Best moment of the even though in terms of TV. Uh Stephen Kenny and Mrs. Wilson pictured together. And you see Mrs. Wilson leaning in. Pro- knowing her, probably dispensing some wisdom. She's probably scolding the Ireland manager. She's probably thinking, saying to him, like, you need to play a diamond against Ronaldo. Now, we know exactly what she was saying. Mrs. Wilson was telling him, 4-4-2. <laughs> Why aren't you playing 4-4-2? That's exactly what she was saying, but no better woman to give it to him. Oh, you don't mess with Mrs. W, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah absolutely brilliant stuff. But, um, yeah, so, Prof... Just to mention your... the subs, though, uh, like you talked about earlier, the pace that they gave us. And it's just great having Fruge and Oidemo that who offer us something different. We can bring them on. They're hard to deal with. And, um, yeah. So how would you sum up the game, I suppose? A good comeback. Uh, it was. It was definitely like the point. Happy with the point. Good comeback. We played well. Probably one of our better, best performances ever with 10 men. It just, it was really good. And I'd love to just, just, just to see the team respond and, and play for the manager and play for the background team and play for the fans and really, really get stuck in and, Greener for me is a big part of all that and that mentality. But yeah. I think without Greener, um, we we lose a lot in the dressing room, and he's big, big, big part in the dressing room. And just in particular in the year and being able to motivate players and say, "Listen, get the fucking stuck in here. This is balls. Just look around you. Look at the fans. Get stuck in." I think I'm happy overall with the point, considering what leads us into the next two games. Let's go down and yeah. fucking wreck Longford. That's what I say. We battled against the odds, which we've done a few times in Tala. Actually, we were down to ten men against Ilves. Uh, Pats last year we had to see out that game with 10 men so we've had a few of these battling performances with that man disadvantage so it's great to see that we haven't impressed Alan Carley oh no we haven't impressed him all season but he's impressed by the team 23 points behind them is he with 11 games lost yeah well done Alan but player of the year debate prof we're talking up and there is active debate and fist fights going on within the Rovers camp about who should get player of the year it's the most divisive in years I actually can't even tell you who Tifty's player of the year is going to be a big one as well who is going to get it it's going to be extremely extremely tough and do you know what I'm going to call it now Tifty's player of the year would be different to the official Rovers player of the year definitely 
Very possible, yeah. There seems to be a bit of a debate, I suppose, between Finner and Gaffney, and both would be worthy winners, wouldn't they? Like, you talked about Finn in these two games. That stuff about him winning back the ball, that last half hour of that Bowes match as well, he was at that constantly. Just Bowes were trying to break, and he would nip in. And then in the bollocks is what he was. He's absolutely brilliant. But at the same time, Gaffney has been sensational. He scored big goals, big assists. And I don't I don't like the argument that Finner has been more consistent than Gaffney. That's my only issue. I think Finn, Gaffney has had a handful of bad games. I think two of them have been been against Bowes. So that's why people are kind of they remember those two, let's say. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to your live debate with Matt O'Dowd about the yeah. merits of Rory Gaffney. Yeah, people might be surprised with the stat that Finner has only played 23 league games this year. Gaffney's played 31. Oh, oh that, that comes into account. That comes in. Games played comes into account for me, and that could tip it. Like someone who's played 23 games and someone who's played 33, that could tip it for me. That could say, well, he's played overall consistently over more games. That can tip the scales mm. for player of the year. Don't care what anybody says. Now, if Finner wins, I, I'd be happy enough because he's been absolutely brilliant. And like I, I laughed when people wrote him off because every year people write him off. And he always proves that they was wrong. Mm. I mean, there's other contenders. Lee Grace been brilliant. Danny is a contender. But ironically, his worst games have been against Bowes, where he's probably trying too hard. Yeah, he just wa- he wants to really stick it to him, doesn't he? But another way of looking at it is, who, have, who did we miss the most? So if you look at, we lost four games in a row. That was during the Lee Grace injury. If you go back early in the season when we lost a couple of games, that's when Watts was out injured. Look how much we missed him. So that's another way of looking at it. Who are our most important players? Yeah, I know it did. And do you know what? Like Pico, and the, the, despite the sending off, Pico had been fucking the man mount as well. I know he's had a couple of hiccups this season, but this is possibly the the pinnacle of his career this year, winning the league. If we obviously we were looking like we're going to win it now, and then playing competitively in a World Cup qualifier, starting every game, like play, this is probably the pinnacle of his career right now. So you're looking at prime Pico Lopez right now as well. So. That's yeah. another big shout out to Pico as well, who is ultimately Bradzer's most accomplished player when it comes to what he has achieved under Bradzer and how he's came on so much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, Pico's been excellent. Unfortunately, we've missed him a few times because of the international call-ups. Yeah. Um, I mean, people listening will probably guess my vote will go to Gaffney. Uh, I think he's been sensational. I think if someone beats him to player of the year, I think it should be by a very narrow margin. That's, yeah. that's, that's my argument. It will be narrow, yeah. And I'm still, I'm still struggling here. I, I gave my... Um, I think Watts has been brilliant this year. He's been under the radar. You've got Watts, um, Finn, Gaffney, and I can't remember who else my other one was. I had another nomination, but it was... Uh, it's it's all about... It's, 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 it's I don't know. It's personal opinion, isn't it? It's really tough. Remember four or five weeks ago, apparently we needed to clear out of the whole squad. I see that talk is kind of quietened down a bit. Here. <laughs> we're, we're a bunch of fickle bastards. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So here we go, bro. It is the stats. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats Stats scare. Yeah. Well, I mentioned six subs. Remember that article I wrote a while back about yep. the evolution of our subs? Now. 
So I actually tr- I traced them. You got John Kyo, 1962. Adam Lyons, 1976, second ever sub. Robbie Horgan, 1995, a goalkeeper, coming on as an outfield player. He was their first player to be a third sub. They had McAllister, 2018, Dan Lafferty last year, and Graham Burke was our first ever six substitute. Woohoo! Prof with the substats. So a couple of people are asking me, what's the biggest ever winning margin in the League of Ireland? And you remember when Bowles ran away with it in 2008? Yeah. There were, that was 19 points in a 33-game season. So that is the record. Um, so basically, if we were... Um, what are we now? Uh, 56. 13 ahead of them? Yeah. Yeah, if we finish at least 12 ahead, it'll be our best winning margin ever. And it'll be the third ever. best. It'll be the third best ever in the league barn. Because uh, Atlone did uh, 16 once in the 80s. <laughs> so that'll be the record. That'll be Bows, Atlone, then us. Unless we can do better than Atlone. Maybe more than 16. Yeah. Um, do you know, Gareth, why I thought Monday's game would end in the draw? Why did you think Monday's game would end again in the draw, Prof? Had nothing to do with form. The stats said it would be a draw. The stats said there would the be a draw. So what's the stats? What did the stats say for Longford? Because we had gone twenty games without a draw. Whoa! That was the the joint longest ever in in the Tata era. We did that in twenty seventeen as well. If it had been one more game, it would have been the longest since nineteen eighty two. So I just noticed that this had a habit of happening a few times, and we went this long without a draw. And we're on the verge of a record. We just tended to draw the next game. So there you go. That's why my money was on a draw. But it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a point in the stat, but there you go. Uh 12 seasons in a row we finish above balls. Yeah. <laughs> the big club. 13 years in a row we finished in the top five. That's actually a new record. Uh Europe for a seventh straight year. So next year we'll equal our own records. Eight eight years in a row. Okay. Um, we've not drawn nil-nil at all this season no nil-nils no we actually did that that's in 2017 that's a good show prop. We, had, we had no scoreless draw and when we did that that was the first time since 1986 so possibly a second time we do it now it's uh, on fire here yeah 45 games in a row without a scoreless draw at the moment Brasler did 50 before and we did 52 before in 2012. So we might we might break that. And there's a major milestone coming up involving a player, which I'm going to be keeping an eye on it for a long time. But I'm going to keep it under my hat because I'm following the Maloney School of Superstition, Gar. I don't want to jinx it. Fucking jinx. So all going well, it's set to happen in the Harps match. So hope hopefully it does. And just on stats... I'm not talking about yesterday's quiz I'm talking about last week's it was a little easier people did better how did you manage to get an even lower score for the 10 well if if somebody had gotten the actual answers right maybe <laughs> the, the 10 question I could possibly go down but there's a couple of tricky ones once again from, I hate your quizzes <laughs> yeah this week, this week was a couple of tricky ones I'll give you that Couple of tricky ones, yeah. Prof just loves it, loves it, gets off on it. I, every week I open up on Twitter. I, I wait for the replies. I just I want somebody to just have a go at us. But like, these are too fucking hard. 
nah, they're not. They're good. They're good because <laughs> it makes you think. I like the ones that make you think. It makes you think. But it makes you go, hmm. Because I think on every one of them, I'm like, oh, and I have to have a reason for the reason. I the answer. You know what I mean? You can't just guess. Yeah, I like the well, that is, which of these players haven't scored a goal for the club one. I, I enjoyed that one now. Neil Fenn, surprisingly, never scored a goal for Rovers. Yeah, Jesus, he was terrible. I remember Graham Barrett's goal. That's the only thing, though. Mm. I remember yeah, being absolutely that. useless. That's the stats, Gert. Lovely, that's the stats. And, Prof, we have the Longford game. Away, moved 48 hours from the bank holiday to Saturday. Bradzer's decision the day after restrictions meant to be lifted. So, um, Big, big fucking following going down. A lot of buses going down. Prof, a lot of buses full. We're full to the brim, full to the gills. Um, tickets will be an issue if you are booked on the 50s bus and you have not got a ticket, get in touch with us and we will try and do our best to accommodate you. That's how it's going to work. We are leaving for the four probs, four o'clock, hopefully a little bit earlier. We'll get to Longford at about six or half six and we'll make an executive decision then if we get into a boozer. We'll see what happens. We're looking at a little bit outside in Termonbury. But um, we'll see what happens because it's all about time frames and when we can get lads. Ultimately, we want everybody to get on the bus so we can delay, leave, and we can stay in the four provinces. But we want everybody on the bus. We know the Lemelore lads are playing football. We want everybody on. We'll never leave anyone behind. Well, not purposely anyway. But that, so that's it for Lumford game. But next up, Prof, we have start 11 and prediction notes. <laughs> Right, I'm gonna go quick one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Manus. It depends on Pico, doesn't it? Depends on Pico. Depends on the decision. I go Manus. It depends on yeah. Pico is presumably is is uh, suspended. Grace was left out last week as a precaution. Gary O'Neill got a concussion, and Sean Cavaney, imagine, is out as well. Right, Joey O'Brien might play. He hasn't played since Harps away. Funny enough. Joey's getting rested. Have a little rest. Right? So here's what's happening. Here's the team. It's going to be Barry Cutter, centre half, with Hoar and Gannon. So Cutter, Hoare, Gannon. You're going to have Ferugia on the left. Ooh. Ferugia starts. Yep. Finn on the right. Um, Richard Tell, Gary O'Neill, Oidemo Maku, Dylan Watts, Aaron Green. You're starting Idemo, I like it. I'm starting Idemo. I think this type of game against this type of team that are down on their knees and relegated, I think a young nippy player like that will run amok. And then you've got Burke on the bench if you need to change it. You've got Gaffey on the bench if you need to change it. I just think that's I think that's the team to go with. I'm going to go a little bit different here. Give us your midfield and forward line again. So it's going Gary O'Neill in the middle of Richie Tell. And we're going to go Mandroyu. Now we're going to go Watts. We're going... Amaku, I'm going Greener. Greener's getting a start. Greener's getting a start. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just thinking team. about Harps. I'm thinking about getting a win at Harps and maybe Gaffney if you could be carrying, you know. Same team as you, except Gaffney up front, I, I'm going to say. Gaff, the Gaff up front. And I'm going to go 4 0. I'm going to go Amaku to make amends for his misses. Uh, make amends for his misses. Sounds like something I'd say. Um, and then we will go. We go green or two, and we get a Barry Cutter. So yeah, we're kicking Longford while they're down, are we? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm saying a comfortable three 0 win. Uh, get two, two for Gaffney, one for Watts. 
Yes, get in there. So we're going to move on now and we have to talk about Longford and Harps tickets. They went on sale this morning, Wednesday, as we record this. First allocation sold out. Hotcakes and Rovers have said that Longford may give us more. So we are working on that. And please give us numbers. If you do not have a ticket, get in touch with our socials and we will gather up all the numbers possible. Then we will be able to move on and talk to Longford and see what the story is. Get as many tickets as possible. If people um, make it three hours into the show, Gar, to hear that plea. They love us. They want more. They want three hours. I feel hard home game on the 29th will be full capacity I'm showing on RTE so if we win on Saturday we can win the league at home against Harps you nearly have a fucking piss up together wouldn't you with their fans Um, so definitely looking forward to that we can seal the deal at home in Tallah Stadium yeah if we beat Longford um, at home then, or sorry beat Longford on Saturday then Pats have to at least get a draw against them Doc to keep it mathematically possible um, which we want to do we want to win it on the pitch against Harps don't we because we, we've never won it. Yeah. We won it, won it. We didn't win it on the pitch last year. And we've never won it in Tallah Stadium. Yeah. But uh, interestingly, Pats and Dundalk in the Cup, if Dak ends in a draw and they need a replay, that Monday game would be called off. Ooh. Interesting stuff, Prof. Yep. Interesting stuff. And the Ultras, of course, are pals. The Ultras 20th anniversary celebration. So full stand choreography to mark the return of the South Stand to coincide with their 20th year as a group. They'll be doing a large South Stand display. This will be bigger than anything done before in Tallinn. Anything done on the sizes, it comes at a considerable cost. So donate what you can to the Ultras. Check out their pages. SRFC Ultras on Instagram. You know them. If you don't know them by now, Get the fuck. You know who the Ultras are. Check out all their local, everything. Check out and donate as much as you can. We want to make this a big occasion for the Ultras and for the fans. And let's knock the fucking roof off of the South Stand. If they're saying bigger than anything done before in Tala, do you remember they once just had a giant display literally covering the entire East Stand? The whole East Stand. So are they like, talking about bigger than that? That's big. That's big. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So donate whatever you can, lads. And boy stickers, boy merch, boy... I was watching Feek were going around the back of the South Downs. Girls, yeah, girls. <laughs> so Feek was, Feek was trying to get stuck in there. So yeah, listen, donate what you can. Buy all the merch, buy the stickers, do whatever you can, lads, please. And of course, Bowles released a statement saying they're not giving us tickets at Daily about next month. And this was just beautiful because it just stunk of them being hurt. They were hurt. They really, really took this one on. Like, it, it re- like the match is not till a month away or whatever. And they are releasing this statement already. They were fuming. Yeah, it's full on tit for tat now, isn't it? Full on tit for tat. Brilliant. It's hooking to the veins. But listen, they'll be all done next season and everybody will be back in the stands. That's the way it's going to work. Well, their argument was uh, that this was the first time that it was uh, 50% where they couldn't get tickets. But we, we've covered this the last few weeks. Uh, since September, like we gave away tickets to to Waterford and Sligo um, didn't give any to Pats, Derry or Bowles and that time we got tickets to away to Harps and Sligo but Pats and Dundalk didn't give us any so like I'm saying it's, it's been different from team to team and but the rules say they have to give us 5% like once full capacity opens that is the FAA rule yeah, yeah, true. That's it. Like we'll be so there. How did they? How did they expect to enforce this? Uh, listen, it's going to be a tricky one. But I think I don't know. Do the FAI don't really want to get involved in this? They don't want to turn around and make a decision on this. They don't want to have to govern between two clubs that hate each other. And I think someone made a good point: is that the 
but whoever hates each other between these set, these two sets of boards, it's affecting the fans. Yeah. It's the so fans I think that needs to are, stop. It's the fans who are suffering as a result of this, aren't they? But something we forgot to mention earlier, can you believe them Doc fans were actually giving out about robbers not giving uh, away tickets? Yeah. To Derry. Like, literally... They were, everybody just stuck the boot in with us, guys. But li- literally four, three or four days after they didn't give us any at Oriel Park, Dundalk fans went online and slagged us for not giving dairy fans. Like, that is embarrassing. Like, no, I mean, they literally just did. They literally just did it. I mean, like, it's just, I know no one likes us. No one, we don't care and all that. But usually you can find a little bit of logic somewhere that you can argue with. But this is just one of those times you have to shake your head and think, my God, the level of hatred. They really just hate so they tiresome. We don't care. No one fucking likes us. No one. The hate is real. I don't think they've discovered the meaning of irony in some parts of Loud. No, I don't think they've discovered a lot in Loud. Bar. How to, how to breed within your family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. Um, permutations win the league, prof. We already spoke a little bit about that, but it, you love permutations and predicting game scores, don't you? Yeah, we've covered that. Um, hopefully, pass on news to the doc because we want to win the league ourselves in the pitch. So, um, yeah, yeah that's as to the cup semi finals, that'll be interesting because we look at the form ah. of, the, of the four teams, the two underdogs are actually in the best form. Yeah, after watching balls though, the way if like if they play and look but ultimately balls are like this, they'll play well against us and they'll go out and stink up the pitch, right? If balls play anywhere near the way they played against us the other night, they'll fucking bounce off Wokeford. So they'll fucking yeah. bounce off. They really will, but I'm I'm gonna call it now and I'm gonna say balls will spectacularly live up to their reputation of playing well against Rovers and stinking up against us. Are playing well against Robin, stinking up the next game and more for the beat. They do absolutely have a track record of doing that, but yeah. in this case, I actually have a bad feeling they will win the game. But I'm no, just going, no. I'm, I'm going down, I'm going with that, I'm going with a war for win, and I'll go with a pats, patting pats win. Yeah. I'm actually starting to fancy them back win here as well. Before I was I totally written them off, but uh, I think they're gonna, they're gonna be pats. Where is it? Is it in Oriole or is it in Richmond? It's in Richmond. Mm. Possibly a draw. Yeah. And we actually, we, we would love a draw in that, in that game, actually. It would help us. So that's it, Gary. So that that's it. Pretty, that's pretty much it, Prof. So tell me how many hours left now till you can be free again and streak down Captain's Road with <laughs> Todger out. One hour and 45 minutes, Gary, till freedom. Come on, Prof. We're there for you. We're going for you. So listen, lads, check it out. We're going to be in the probs from 12 o'clock on Saturday. We are leaving at half three, four o'clock. Please get down. If you're booked on the Tifty Bogey bus, please get there early. Start drinking points. We will have the crack and we were going to go into Longford and we are going to wrap this league up. Gary Longford, you'll never meet a happier man than me going to Longford. Think about like I've missed two games. It absolutely sucked. I can't wait to go to Longford. I've never said that before. Prof has his own bubble. We're gonna we're gonna quarantine him on the bus. <laughs> gonna, do you know the little steps where everybody takes a piss? That's where Prof yeah. is gonna be. We're gonna keep him segregated. But anyway, we're looking forward to it. We cannot wait. But away days are back. We are going down to Longford and we are gonna run a muck and hopefully bring home the three points. So that is it. We will see you in Longford and keep on hooping. See ya.
After midnight We're gonna let it all hang out After midnight We're gonna chill and shine We're gonna cause talk and suspicion Get the next vision Find out what it is all about Gonna let it all hang out After midnight Gonna shake your tambourine After midnight It's gonna be peaches and cream We're gonna cause talk and suspicion Next vision, find out.